to the all-new Geek Actually podcast, episode five. This is the podcast that is at the same time about everything and nothing. This week we talk about the current state of downloading media, the new Star Wars trailer, the Hulk, Wonder Woman, and Cool Chocolate. We also review Noah Baumbach's new film, While We're Young. I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by Dave Longo. How are you, Dave? Hello. Hello. Star Wars! <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Hold that thought. We're also joined by another intruder in the studio. Again, Richard Gray. How are you? I just didn't leave after the last show, to be honest. <laughs> That's okay. You are always welcome, Richard. You know that. That's not what you told me by that form letter. <laughs> oh, wait. Did that I send that to you? a formal letter, yeah. <laughs> Signed by Dave down the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell it was just like all he did was replace like a it random was. name. It was. It was like, dear Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and all it said was, get out. <laughs> and it was like magazine cut-ups too. It was really weird. <laughs> It was written in blood. <laughs> How is everybody this week? I don't think it was blood. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars! Star Wars! I know that we've just finished a marathon. Why do you mention um, Star Wars news? <laughs> Star Wars. I know we just finished a <laughs> marathon recording of Behind the Panels with special guest Ryan K. Lindsay all about Daredevil. And we're all a bit tired and punchy, but we're going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. What was, what was that thing that Bill Hicks used to say at the start of shows? Like, you know, uh, I've been on the road uh, for, for once now playing to a whole bunch of unappreciative cl- crowds. So let's just plaster on a fake smile and I'll, I'll plow through this shit one <laughs> yeah, more time. Pretty much. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, I'm kidding. It's magic every time. It sucks. No, no really, it's magic. <laughs> Every show, every show should be like the first show, just crappy and you know not well, not well organized. Sing that same song again. It's like losing your virginity every week, isn't it? It's, it's, it's always awkward. There's lots of nervous laughing, and 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 all my friends are there. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to crawl on a lot of broken glass to get there. That, that's, now, that's what it's like for you guys. Right? As, <laughs> as Dave alluded to, it is Star Wars week in many ways. Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> There was the uh, the uh, what was it a panel announcement? What was that for? That was for <clears throat> Star Wars Star Celebration. Wars Celebration. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars Celebration. It's like the Comic Con, but only of Star Wars. You wouldn't think with only six films that they could have <laughs> six films and how much media uh, yeah. outside of that. Well, yeah, but it's none of it's canon anymore. So it <laughs> I, I love to think whenever like, they bring out yeah. something that's not canon, just every Star Wars fan just walks past and turns their back on it, <laughs> folds their arms. You don't count anymore. <laughs> you are not worthy. <laughs> I'm I got to go. Like, Jade Mara does not exist to me. I saw a lot of videos of this uh, one. Excuse it's me, crazy. Sorry, that would they, be Mara Jade. Mara, whatever. <laughs> that, they have, because she doesn't exist to me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> She's now a legend. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the branding now of all the expanded oh, universe really? stuff. Star Wars Legends. Interesting. That sounds like a line yeah. of action figures. Yeah. <laughs> They're fully articulated. <laughs> no, but this, this celebration's crazy. It's like oh, um, they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway, it's we're like, running out of time, it's guys. Like the we got to move on. It's like the end <laughs> of Return of the Jedi. Jab, jab. I'm putting that on the soundboard for next week. I have that track. I love that track. All right, so let's move on a little bit with this show and see what we're actually talking about here. First thing I wanted to say is the film Ex Machina is coming out. Um, which I really want to see. Does anybody else really keen on this film or I, not? I, what is it? The, I'm dying to see this, Machina? man. I've avoided trailers. The one about the android. This and is Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Know direct. nothing about you it. You know nothing about this movie. Dave will tell you. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised you know nothing about this film because it's got a hot robot chicken in it. 
Um, but basically, what <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> this is directed by Alex Garland. I guys. know how much you like hot gar- hot, hot robot chicks. Uh, no, the effects are fantastic. Hot Garland, right? Hot yeah. Garland, yeah. Uh, I'm tired, dude. Have I told you how tired I'm? Anyway, so uh, the thing he's that- so tired he can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I've got you turned down. Did you? I can't hear you at all. I'm not even being recorded. I just see, I just see you mic. mouthing words <laughs> over there. I don't know what you're. Talking I'm not about. even talking. You just put peanut butter on the roof of my mouth, and Nicholas is dubbing me. <laughs> so basically in a nutshell for those who don't know anything about this movie Richard uh, Ex Machina basically is the idea that this uh, very loose analog for Google um, this guy works for them he wins basically a prize to go out to the owner's private island resort whatever it is to investigate his latest in AI which is this robot called Eva or Ava Something I like haven't that. seen Ava? the trailers man you're, you're telling me more than I know oh, you've never seen it. this anyway, is all new to me all right, so anyway the point is uh, and through the magic of post-production we may actually insert a trailer for this right stick now stick it in man considering that you guys know nothing about it so cool. interestingly enough <laughs> So how does a programmer get to be meeting the CEO? I won a competition. The president can't get Mr. Garrick on the phone. You got the golden ticket. It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Kevin. Can we just get past the whole employer-employee thing? Cheers. In many ways, this building isn't a house. It's a research facility. I want to talk to you about the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Are you building an AI? Hello. Hi. I've never met anyone new before. Have you? None like you. She's incredible. The challenge is to show you that she's a robot and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? You've never been outside this building. We could build together. Did you program her to flirt with me? Do you think about me? If you lie, I will know. No. Lie. Maybe she's pretending to like you. Well, why would she do that? Do you think I might be switched off? It's not up to me. Why is it up to anyone? You shouldn't trust Nathan. You shouldn't trust anything he says. Anyway, while wow, he's that out was there, fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? It sounded really that good. That was pretty good. I now know at least the first 30 minutes. <laughs> in this post, it says, it says in this post that you've got up here, from this point forward, this post will be chock full of, and I read that as spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you've been warned. Okay, that's that's a fair, fair warning. Anyway, so the point of, the point of this film is- How are you, Dave? <clears throat> I'm pretty good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> the point of this film is that- He's brought out basically, and the owner introduces him. He's on the pretense that he's testing his AI, this new Android, to see how well she interacts with people. But as it turns out, according to spoilers, and we don't know, we haven't seen the film, but it looks like it may actually be testing him rather than her, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I haven't seen the film, so I can't go into great detail about it. However, what this article on um, uh, Gizmodo uh, was talking about was that they believe that the tech 
tech in this film is actually incredibly accurate. And their headline, I think, says it all when they say the movie's realistic AI scared the shit out of me. Because the idea is that they're saying that all the information that is collected via search engines actually sets up our patterns. Mm. And that all being fed into an artificial intelligence would actually make for a very realistic AI because you can actually see people's patterns. They play with that yeah. in um, Caprica. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Then they go on to talk about the fact that what if the head of the faux Google, whatever they're calling the company, could then Hooli. also... Hooli. <laughs> what is the head of Hooli could also talk the government into basically giving them access to every uh, security camera, every, you know, what have you in the world feed all that information in as well. And what you end up with is actually painting a very realistic portrait of the way people think and and the way people function in, in the world. And this film may have actually really hit the nail on the head in showing what true AI would actually look like. Um, and apparently it makes for a very, very scary psychological thriller because you could actually believe that this is real. Mm. And I cannot wait to see this film, can I tell you. Uh, but, you know, we live in Australia, so we should see it in about 2020. Okay. <laughs> we can watch it on the Not NBN. if we tarned it. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that, Richard, because let's talk about a little bit of a theme that's been running throughout this week, which is iNet lost its fight with uh, the product producers of the Dallas Buyers Club. Um, and what are the repercussions of this? And I thought we could actually just open this up to a discussion about basically what's next for downloaders. Mm -hmm. what, what can they expect next? What is the repercussions of this court case? And let's see if we can try and figure out exactly what this means in Australia, because we've never really had to deal with this before. America's had to deal with this for a while. But how does this affect us? Now, Rich, I'm going to defer to you a little mm. bit because you are the one who has a law degree here. Huh. Um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see where this goes to. So the bottom line from what I understand so far is that IINet was one of the great holdouts. So the producers of the Dallas Buyers Club hired a German firm to uh, go out there and seed fake torrents uh, to see who would actually join torrent streams to download this particular uh, film. They recorded IP addresses from that. Um, and then they then approached the ISP saying, we have the IP numbers of all the people who actually downloaded this. What we want is their names and addresses so that we can uh, send them letters saying you owe us money. The ISPs kicked back and basically said, no, you can't have that information. Uh, INET has been facing these, this court case for years now, uh, not just with Dallas Buyers Club, but with other uh, production companies. And they've been a, big, a very big advocate for standing up and saying, no, we aren't going to collect this sort of data. Now, they have lost the case, uh, the first round of this case anyway, and uh, they have been told that they need to now supply the names of users who have the corresponding uh, IP addresses. Mm. Now, one thing that we should say very clearly off the beginning is that Australia actually has very different laws to America, and in America they do what's called speculative invoicing. Mm. And speculative invoicing is basically the company would get hold of your I, your IP number, get hold of your name and address, and then say, send you a letter for what might be what you're worth. So they might send you a letter and say, here, you owe us seven grand because we think that's what your download cost us, basically. Now, these letters are, are fear tactics. The idea is that you then contact them and say, hey, and then they work out another price with you, which you then pay off or go to jail or whatever it is. Oh, you they cock thumb you. Basically, it's a, it's a standover tactic. Huh. Um, now, in Australia, speculative invoicing is illegal. 
Uh, so yep. they can't do that. I was noticing that the, the the decision here is that the judge has to read the content of the letter first. Correct. Yeah. And so let's say, but somebody pointed out in one country where this was actually handled, the users were actually sent invoices for something like ten bucks, hmm. um, <laughs> because that's all, that's all the judge would allow. Yeah. Um, so this may happen here as well, and you know we don't know. We actually don't know anything more than that at this point. And they're also saying it's interesting that the the data is is extends to their name and their postal address. I think. So. I think what should be done is we should create a reality show where we get like a judge duty, like an Australian version, like Outback Judge. And like it's just focused on all the people that have to pay 10 bucks. Call it Torrent Judge. Yeah. Torrent Judge. <laughs> torrent Judge. This would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll work in, in tandem with. Um, with Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> um, is, is this how you're paying off your... Yeah, I, wouldn't this be an awesome an awesome show, really? This is how you're paying off your debt like, today at Dallas Buyers Club? It'd be, like, it it'd be like full Bogan Australian, like, G'day, you're you're on trial for downloading Fletch 2. You know, <laughs> Fletch it's like, two. we reckon you, you stole uh, the Warner Brothers Corporation about 80 cents. <laughs> e worth that, mate. <laughs> State your case. Spin the wheel. Well, well I, I, I watched Fletch one on TV, and, and and I just my local video store they didn't have Fletch two, and I, ah I, doesn't I, worry, mate. All I had was all, I had all the vacation films, but I, I needed my 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 Fletch, my, my yeah. Chevy Chase, and the Fletch. ruling the ruling should be yeah. handed down with. I'll, all right, I'll pay, mate. I'll pay seventy cents. Yeah. She'll be right. Mm. You're all right, mate. Just be a good fella, so. and uh, and uh, don't download anymore. All right. I uh, see you've played <laughs> Knifey Spoonie before. And then I'll be like, bring Yeah, Outback Judge. Outback Judge will return after these messages. Yeah, <laughs> Next week, Richard Gray's in trouble for downloading <laughs> the original Snow White. You know, like, <laughs> can I throw can I, oh, look, I own yeah. three yeah, copies right. on DVD yeah, and I got it on yeah, Blu ray yeah. as well, but yeah. I couldn't be bothered getting up to my shelf. <laughs> And so just throw it, I'll tar in it so I never have to leave the couch. <laughs> You're all right, mate. Fair enough. I reckon that, uh, that they, we owe you money. Yeah. You've bought it three times, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's, here's five bucks. Hey, could you actually, could you Thanks, actually claim you money back? Can you Could you claim back money if you were to do something like, um, I actually illegally downloaded Big Stan, but it was a waste of my time. You owe me the no, money no, okay. That's, that's, that's your, your segment of the show where they're like, Dave McVeigh, you, you, you're an american You come to this country, you download Big Stan. Oh, Big Stan? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> you're all right, mate. mate. No, mate. you're all right. 50 you're, bucks for that. <laughs> Shit, mate. You want the Sorry. Blu-ray? Here's, here's 10 copies. Give them out to your friends. And it's like, no, I should stay for the record. As it is suffered enough. Uh, Outback sh- Judge, sponsored by Big Stan. I should, I should, I should stay for the record that I saw Big Stan at the cinema. They owe me money. <laughs> you, you have, you, yeah, I think you've told the story of that. Yeah, on, I saw uh, it for free at the cinema and they owe me money. <laughs> See, this, this show is amazing. All right, so We're let's, making this. Outback uh, Judge. All right, let's, let's, let's put this back. He wears in, an Akubra. Let's put this back <laughs> in the realms of reality. Hey, You've lost us now, David. <laughs> Speculative invoicing. All right. So uh, my question, though, is they want to send out letters for claiming. How does this relate to the three strikes law? Because the theoret- three strikes law. So in Australia, they want to bring out the three strikes law. All oh, right. Yeah. Now that that okay. Well, okay. I think I think the difference here is that the three strikes law is. is is more of a generalized thing and it's more of a, okay, we think you might be doing some illegal stuff. Did you know? You know, uh, looks like you're still doing it bad. Yeah, uh, look, agreed. you've been doing this too much. You're out. This is a specific content owner um, 
prosecuting specific people. This is this is this is uh, this is not. Uh, you know the, but, the so, more generalized. So theoretically, though, going by going by the law, if I downloaded, I didn't. But if I mm. downloaded the Dallas Buyers Club mm. and I didn't download anything else ever in my life, well, shouldn't it, I just get a one strike? No, there's two laws here. One's a criminal law. The other one's or a misdemeanor criminal law. This one is actually a civil thing. This is right. um, this is the Dallas DB DBC LLC, which is what they're calling here, um, is is actually individually suing. Yeah. Uh, so I people. do say this is a devil's advocate. We're just trying to make sense of this so that people mm. actually understand. No, what so is at they're stake. one's one's criminal, one's civil, but they're both uh, um, also this kind enforcing of, the like, same law. Like just quickly, because so. I'm a bit confused too on this whole matter. If it's I like think. if if you're making like, is there entrapment laws in Australia? Yeah, I was actually like, thinking like if you put that, out like, a torrent and just for the sake of let's see who downloads it, isn't that a kind of an entrapment thing? Yeah, you're still torrenting, though. but you are downloading with intent. So yeah, but you, I mean, it's that kind of thing. Like, if a police officer if, like speeds and tailgates you up, and then I look, you I, I don't know about that. Like, but then in in because uh, um, you're still speeding. True, but I don't know. It's it's, it's I, I, I honestly don't know about that. But uh, it's it's like it's it's the argument. It's probably it's the same thing as when you know cops poses eight year old girls in chat rooms. <laughs> is, no, seriously. Is yeah, that, no, no, no. Yeah. Is that Sorry, entrapment was, was, or is it yeah, or is, yeah, or is that, yeah. you know, I, I was someone laughing, actually- I was laughing up until you said in chat rooms because <laughs> that, that's where my brain stopped. Like, like, like cops posing you just, as, you as just eight-year-olds. You a bunch of cops. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I wasn't laughing at like, like hey, yeah, 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 hey, you want some young tail? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. Like with, a, with a giant lolly. With a giant lolly pop judge will be back after this. <laughs> hey, little girl. Right. Hey, little boy. No, we no, have, no, we no, have no. pretty much a network going here of just judge. Yeah. <laughs> I copyright all of these listeners. They're mine. They're mine. Seriously. Copyright right now, Lollipop, Geek Actually Lollipop, 2015. Lollipop, yeah. Lollipop. Lollipop Judge. Copyright Geek Actually 2015. You heard it here right now. I'll co I'll go produce with you. It'll be a It'll be it'll be a, a We'll gr- save the ABC. It'll be a grey longo giant. <laughs> save the ABC. Uh. All right. No so, way. Go back to this seriously. Right, like, so, so, so speculative invoicing is illegal. Is illegal because it's well, they can't just well, it's just a random law, arbitrary number. They can't number, just throw right? an arbitrary number. You yeah. have to give a value. Okay. Yeah. The judges are going to look at these letters. So if you do receive one of these letters, don't just throw it away. Take it seriously because they are. It's better than speculum invoicing. Speculum. <laughs> <laughs> when they can they have to limit the size of that. <laughs> <laughs> and the judge wants to look at it first. Well, they put it in your mailbox and then it gets bigger. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. All right, we might have to move on yeah, from this topic. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Three strikes law is coming into effect. Um, so, I wonder the- how many marriages are going to get broken up when it's like, the wife gets opens a letter in the mail, and it's like you know you you, you illegally torrented uh, like midget gangbang seventy two <laughs> or something. <laughs> you owe the Australian. You owe the producer. You said you'd wait for me yeah. to watch midget gangbang like, seventy two. Like, what do you mean, honey? You you owe the you we owe, watched the first you owe the produ- you owe the producers of midget gangbang seventy seven eighty seven. I love the fact that, you're like that your mind goes to midget gangbang. What's well, the thing? What, what's what's the most fucked up fetish? I Yes, uh, shitting in socks. <laughs> that wouldn't Shice completely that, that wouldn't completely derail this show. Actually, <laughs> actually, that would be illegal in Australia, and that'd be Shice funny. Uh, 
Why? I think it's one of the few acts that you can't show here. No, but this is 72. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I've seen the first 71. Yeah. No, I watched the year. You no, watched no. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's vintage midget gangbang porn. <laughs> we, should, we should Google this right now and see if it exists. It probably no. does. <laughs> we'll find some videos, 72 midgets. <laughs> 72 <laughs> just, I actually get a small record. Snow White and the 72 Dwarves. I actually did, you know, t- funnily enough, you know, I actually did watch an Italian porn film which called Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and it is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was odd. So, um, that is also copyright gig, actually. <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with that copyright. I've got this, this human this centipede image in my head now. This will this will be like the Lord of the Rings of Australia. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll save the the, the industry. <laughs> We'll, we'll keep special effects houses in, in work for the next two decades. <laughs> Andy Circus can motion capture all 36 of them. <laughs> all right, all right. We're running right, out of time, right, guys. We're running right, out of time. Ahmed Best will be the other Bring it back. Bring it back to the studio. <laughs> all right, so let's just talk a little bit about what this actually means for Australians at this point. So at this point, we are looking at a whole bunch of people out there who still want their television shows who suddenly can't get it. Who still want their midget porn. Who still want their midget porn and they suddenly can't get it. So what are our alternatives now? So Richard, speaking from somebody who is pretty much almost legal. (laughs) (laughs) I've been over eight... I've been over 18 for half my life. I meant in your downloading habits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, you know, I'm, I'm completely. And I, I. Actually, you are completely legal. I am completely though, legal. Yeah. I, don't, I don't torrent anything at all. Um, uh, well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that that has been true of all my life. Uh, but yeah, like I, I use US websites. And, when um, I was 17. Where they, where they stream the content. Very good <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, when I went on my recent trip to the US, I bought some US iTunes cards. And so I um, uh, download uh, using iTunes credit. I download uh, things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. directly from iTunes, like the next day when it's released mm-hmm. online. And uh, uh, almost everything else um, I'm lucky enough to watch on Foxtel. Yep. So, uh, I, yeah, I pay. I pay for yeah. it, and I pay probably more than one should have to pay to watch television. And in fact, in fact, Austra- surveys have actually shown that Australians are more than willing to pay for all of this content. Yeah. Mm. Bottom line, we are massive consumers of I this stuff. Look, I got, it's going to sound like a joke, but it's a legitimate question, right? Like, can you go into a library and, and get a torrent? No. What? No, a library. Or you mean use their like a public I, library? Like jump on nope. the it will, no, it will block, they block it will, the torrents. It will block it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. They, they two, two two things with that. Um, in fact, and I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show. The the, the case that was used as precedent in this Ionet case was US UNSWV Morehouse, mm. which is the case why if you go into a public library and there's a copyright notice above all the printers and copy stations, mm. it's because the original case was that people were photocopying books and they were, they thought there was a responsibility that the 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 university had to actually step in and stop that behaviour. So now, um, and that's why they used it as a, a um, precedent because they mm. thought it's IINET or you know the ISP's um, um, mm. responsibility to stop pirated behaviour the, um, on their network. So no, it's yeah. it's 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 the same as it's the same argument. The ISP mm. doesn't you know they don't want ISPs to allow illegal behaviour and libraries and council areas are not certainly not going to. Uh, another um, another quick question libraries. for you yeah. as well is is the ISP is that tracked based on the hardware of your computer or? 
or through the your no, it's the, your, it's the IP number issued to you by your so, ISP. So say I came over here with a mm. Wi-Fi laptop, he, he and just started. I get, I get done you, for you it. get done, done for, for it. it. Yeah, yeah, right. This has I, actually I'm, been yeah. a major. This has been a yeah. major defense uh, for torrenting. Because I'm saying, like, what about like you, began, you, you, know, you go to your grandmother's you house? Like, you yeah. go to your grands, and you know. You would have to put forward a case. That's horrific to do that. Obviously, yeah, but you would but also like, then what would happen is your grand would receive the letter. Yeah, you would. She would then go to the. Yeah, but how say, long are they going to last in jail anyway? It'd be yeah. fine. <laughs> they, they take the hit for you, and the same you know. argu- same <laughs> almost the same argument could be put down towards getting a parking ticket or a speeding ticket. Okay, I wasn't driving. The owner, yeah. the owner yeah. of the car may not have been driving the car at the time it was parked or whatever, but they're the ones who get the ticket mm. because it's registered to them. They then have to contact the DMV, who would then. But they would say I wasn't. I've used the, car. the same defense for public urination. It was yeah. it was it was my cock, but it wasn't me. No, but the difference the difference is someone else you actually, have, it. you actually have to say you actually have to identify the driver in this. Situation. Yeah, you'd say I wasn't driving. This person was. They then track that yeah. person down. So the same thing would happen here. Your grand would say mm. uh, I don't torrent. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. But my grandson comes over, and that she would basically give your information. Sure. Yeah, and okay. she would have to actually put in a declaration. Thanks, saying, Nan. Selling me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you, try, you tried to sell her out. So, you know, yeah. fair call. Yeah, but she, I've got more life. I wouldn't survive in prison. Like, you know, I'm young and pretty. I don't know. She's Grand's are pretty tough. <laughs> exactly. She's she's <laughs> likely to survive inside more than I can. I'm young and pretty. They'd pass me round like a, like a, <laughs> nah, man. Like a bag of chips. I still get hard. I know how to, how to handle these things. <laughs> I situations. saw Big Stan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen Ernest goes to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Between the three of us, we're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, for, we just got to find that's a story fr- number one. We, well, we, for you torrenters <laughs> out there right now, just find a friendly old. There black are man alternatives. Who, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Yeah, he can for get you, you stuff. For you torrenters out there, there are Andy legal. There are legal means to actually get this stuff down. Now, to add just a little bit of salt to the wound, mm, the salt. federal government has now decided that they are looking into ways of taxing <laughs> or GSTing all the stuff that you buy overseas. So all those international uh, iTunes cards and, and your Netflix services and what have you, they're now saying, well, now that you're using all that, let's get some more money out of you. So they're actually thinking about actually putting a GST on all I have a quick question about, about the GST because this is something that's confused me actually a mm-hmm. lot later. Is like tell like a man why, Indian tax law. Why was why was Netflix put in here at first without GST? Now we're going to look like, at the article. Like why, and find why, out what this why, is. Hold on a second. Yeah, uh, where yeah is I do it? find that hard to believe. Actually, where is it? Hold on a second. Yeah. We've got the G. We've got the article here. Load. Thank you. All right. So basically, they're saying in this article. Oh, of course, it's Jerry Harvey. Fucking Jerry Harvey. All right, Jerry Harvey and his Barry Manda retailers. <laughs> the federal yeah. government. This uh, article, by the way, is from Gizmodo. We want to thank Delta Knight once again for bringing us all our links today. He is our researcher. Thank you, Delta. Um, he is considering charging GST on online purchases under $1,000, which will include subscriptions to services like Netflix. It's being branded the Netflix tax, and it means you're probably about to start paying more for your tech. Uh, basically, what they're saying at this point is that when you're buying online services, they're not actually GST covered at this point, uh, but they're thinking about bringing that in. So. It shits me so much because Jerry Harvey's been banging on about this for ages. Rather than getting a fucking functional website or offering his goods at a lower price, he keeps going, well, the internet's taking things away from bricks and mortar oh, stores. he's been an idiot about this for years. We actually had Jerry Harvey this, article. This is and now Harvey, he's, now Harvey he's Norman. Inter- Harvey Norman. Now okay, he's yeah. interfering in stuff that doesn't, like Netflix wouldn't even take away from Harvey Norman's no. business. In fact, at <clears throat> best, it would get more people buying smart TVs so they can mm-hmm. stream it directly. But no, he wants to tax it. We were it. talking about stuff that Jerry Harvey was saying about I, I, online retail 
back when Geek actually first launched six years ago. I've never heard about this stuff. This is insane. Uh, for, is basically, insane. long story short, for years yeah. he's been saying that um, online purchases, online purchases is, is hurting brick and mortar. It's hurting brick and mortar stores. And yeah, of course it is. Right. No fucking shit. So then start yeah. offering better prices or have a decent web presence. Yeah. But no, rather than do that, get competitive. You, you yeah. can't have a monopoly. Has anybody and, has yeah. anybody yeah. ever tried to shop on the Harvey Norman website? It is the no. worst designed storefront. Yeah. Ever uh, because Harvey because they don't even make the in store. I tell you what, the last couple of times I have shopped at Harvey Norman in store has been the most miserable experience of my fucking life. And mm. I have bought a lot of electronics over the years. And I won't and, go there anymore. And I don't go there anymore because I <clears throat> actually do find that one, their prices are higher, mm-hmm. and two, uh, they really try to gouge you on that extended warranty shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which some governments are actually trying to. Some of our there's a great episode local, of the checkout. That, our that, local and state governments are basically yeah. saying this may not be a legal practice anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. And and also thirdly, um, I use the internet to do my look, my fingers do the walking as they used to say with the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually use my index finger to do the walking. Yeah. Um, and and I, if I'm going to buy something bricks and mortar, I just shop online to see who's got the best price and then go in there. Nine times out of ten, it ain't uh, Jerry Harvey's mm-hmm. group. It is also, a certain yellow and black said, branded. Does he have know? more than Harvey Norman? What's, yeah, he's what? got Domain, Harvey Norman. Yeah. Um, there's another two, I think, major. They're the, all basically the Probably same a company. string of brothels on the North yeah. Shore. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, the bottom line is those extended warranties <laughs> knows, under hey. Australian this law. This is disgusting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Get, get your fingers out of the pot. Under Australian law at the moment, ret- retailees or people who are retail buyers are so well protected mm. under Australian consumer law at this point that these extended warranties are almost criminal because under Australian consumer law, and it's a mm. very gray area, there is no dif- distinct answer. It is you are protected for a reasonable period of time. The reasonable expectation of the life of the product. Exactly. And, and, and it, for things like phones, they often say it's, this, it's the length of contract. Yeah, it actually, started, it actually started with mobile phones and I think that's what kicked it all off because – Companies that sell phones basically were offering one-year warranties, but people were stuck into two-year contracts. And so under consumer law, they basically said, well, you expect the phone to work for at least the period the of, the of the contract. Yeah. So, the, so basically, you still have your warranties. That's fine. But then there is that extended consumer period. Cars that you spend $50,000 on, it is expected that car is going to get a few years' life. Yeah. And so the, the reasonable period of time is like it's four like, years absolutely. or five years. Uh, and so you, as a consumer, you are protected. And people like Har- Jerry Harvey hate this stuff because under the law, the retailer, not mm. the maker of the product, because the they always retailer recommend, is responsible. And they recommend this at the checkout. If, if they offer you an extended warranty, ask, you, it's your right as, uh, as a consumer to say, does this actually give me a longer warranty than what I'm already being given under law? Correct. And you could be paying for a five-year extended warranty, but the reasonable life of that product might be 10 years. Correct. And you're just paying an extra couple of hundred dollars for something you're already protected by under Australian consumer law. Correct, indeed. So, yeah, just be very careful of extended warranties because unless they're offering you something phenomenal, like Mm. they will just do an instant replacement to the value yeah. of it or something like that. It depends Within, on the retail. You know, yeah, it depends on the retailer and what they're actually and the offering and read the fine print because some of these uh, extended warranties are very expensive. Yes, they are. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Richard, this is the robot apocalypse section. Remember last mm. week you said you didn't know. <laughs> um, I'm still not quite sure what you're doing, but go, go ahead, go ahead. Your move, 
creep. No, I yes, still don't. Dave, yes, Dave, I know I haven't updated the theme yet. We'll get I, to I it. I still don't understand. <laughs> All right. So here at Geek, actually, once again, we don't believe necessarily in the the zombie apocalypse because that's a fairy tale but we do believe one day the robots will rise up and kill us all what about zombie so, robots uh, zombie robots are pretty cool I could imagine that how about zombie robots are not far from what this story is actually okay. because uh, <laughs> we're going to keep this one fairly short this one just caught my eye thank you very much Delta Knight Google has patented a new system where they can actually download your personality or the personality from a deceased person into a robot. Oh, this is Caprica. Yes. <laughs> now, they haven't actually done it yet. They've just patented the actual technology or the system for it. it. We're only looking not too far away, though. If we're actually starting to patent this sort of stuff, can you imagine? Oh, Gran died. Just put her in this robot dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gran. Oof. <laughs> scary. I think it's scary. I think when we... Once once again with the robot apocalypse. Uh, can, can I ask? It won't be your grandmother though. No. <laughs> Did she die in prison after I set her up for all that piracy? Then <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be a prison. Come back as a pissed off robot. It's gonna be. There? It's gonna be. <laughs> There's a movie for yeah, you yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what it'll be? Good job. <laughs> you sent Gran up the river because of piracy stuff. She comes back as a robotic dog and, and starts terrorizing you and anybody else who's downloated Dallas Buyers Club. <coughs> Copyright. Copyright. So that's what, five shows on our network now? <laughs> that, I don't know if that'll be a series or a film. That'll, oh, be, no. that'll be the plot of one of the new Star Wars spinoffs. <laughs> Star Wars Cyber Gran. So if we add. So. <laughs> Misa no like in there. Everyone's and favorite if it's a JJ, robot. And if it's a JJ Abrams film, it'll be a fully practical robot. <laughs> it'll be a bad robot if it's a JJ Abrams <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's what so, you call it, Star Wars, bad robot. Think of the synergy. So if we can actually download Disney the personality of somebody who is going to die into a new robot, and then we add that into the robot bodies that we've seen over the years <laughs> with the touchable skin and the emotions that are being ad- created by DARPA, we're getting really close to what if we download the wrong person personality into a robot like Hitler (laughs) and then Bob uh, Saget Bob Saget no I actually like Bob Saget no who's who's someone I don't like Uh, Osama Bin Laden you know what if they've got his personality I've I've never met him oh no you could put your own personality into into it and then just hang out with yourself Oh yeah, you could be your own best friend. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, you could be your or own this, lover. This is like the yeah, those love robots. We put it in the ex yeah. machina body. No, <laughs> remember you could do it last week's like- story. You could download yourself into your, a body with breasts. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. basically you could make no, love to remember, a female or no, remember, male version um, of yourself. Remember Futurama? It's the whole industry. The whole like love robots. You you, you can buy a celebrity like Lucy Liu. Have you oh, ever yeah, seen that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fry buys a Lucy Liu robot. Okay, well, we're doing this. If it looks like that, it's not going to be very friendly. <laughs> I'm here to kill you. No, it looks like and he, pick up your garbage. It looks like there's a di- dildo on each arm, though. <laughs> it's got quite a large neural network. That's the pleasure model. <laughs> All right, that was Allow Boston Dynamics. Hold. This is Boston Dynamics. Allow yeah, me it's to always Boston Dynamics, dude. Code. They make the dog too. Yeah, yeah, I remember. All right. Oh, now, too. now, now for my real favorite story. Yeah. Now we're, <laughs> we're going to get into the stuff that Dave wants to hear. <clears throat> Star Wars. <laughs> the section that became a podcast that became a section. In here comes film. Actually, it'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. A 
and Dave, I'm going to make you wait (laughs) for Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars. First thing I'm going to say is Independence Day 2 is moving along at a... Sorry, that's the first time we've ever done (laughs) AHLO. We did it together in mime. (laughs) Um, Is anybody excited about Independence Day 2? Hells yes. Really? Yeah. Really? Are you kidding? I I once... (laughs) You keep asking. He's going to be excited. (laughs) Really? I, um, I drunkenly, like... We, we had a conversation about what we do for Independence Day when it was Independence Day 2 and 3. When it was going to be a two-parter. The making yeah. of Independence yeah. Day 2 was going to yeah. start with do you want drunkenly. Hear, do, you, no, yeah. do you want to hear my, my, my pitch for Independence Day 2 Please. and 3? Oh, here we go. Yeah, so for the network. <laughs> Copyrightbeachactually.com. Okay, this is my pitch. Let's see if they have the balls. It was, it was going to be two movies. The first movie is that, um, you know those alien ships, how they're the size of cities? Well, it turns out that they'd done a War of the Worlds. They'd buried them underground. They'd buried them underneath New York City and underneath LA. Half the characters are in LA. Half the characters are in (laughs) New York. And those two things rise, taking the entire cities with them. And they obliterate the rest of the planet. So all that's left is New York and LA floating on top of two of those (laughs) giant ships. And the story is they have to move all the people off one city into the other so they can then go into the... What the fuck were you drinking, man? Yeah, absinthe. (laughs) (laughs) And we ate the worm. Makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we we pitched the whole thing. We wrote the whole thing. This is a Terry Pratchett novel. (laughs) Yeah, and it was like, we were going to do that Bill Pullman's a retired president. And so he's he's still playing chess with um Jeff Goldblum on iPads. Who's in the other city? Who's in the other city? Uh. Yeah. And the Wi-Fi network. Gets yeah. No, and it was gonna it was gonna be the first the first movie was gonna take place all. Sorry, the, I'm looking for yeah. logic in a Roland Emmerich yeah. film. I am so no, sorry. The first movie was gonna be all the people on the top. They have to go over to safety. And the second movie was gonna be they were gonna have to. You know, in the first movie they have to fly the the crafts underneath. That's how they get in. So the end of the first movie was we going to reveal that all the characters finally reunited and they had to go into the ships. I was about to say, and the second movie was going to take place entirely inside the ships. Well, I was about to say they can't destroy the ships now because if they destroy the ships, the cities have nothing to that, sit on. That was the crutch. That was yeah. the crutch. That was the whole thing that would give the movie a time bomb and real conflict. I have to save one city. They, they can't they- blow up the ships. This time around, because everybody would die. Uh, copyright geek, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if they don't, it's not an Independence Day film. That is a damn good film. That's what. Though. That's yeah. And, no. um, and my friend said that I should write it as a book and call it The Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> <laughs> or The Tale of Two Titties, as my. Anyway. It's pronounced tithes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So now, 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 that's a, now. I've just put that on wax. This that's now on wax. So. If we see a, a comic book or a story come out, we're recording with this to wax cylinders yeah. here. Aren't yeah. We? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So no, we are oh, recording. Are we and there is a date stamp <laughs> on the digital file. This is uh, April. What's the date today? Uh, the nineteenth. April nineteenth. We have prior art as of April nineteenth. Seven fourteen p.m. Yeah. Seven fourteen p.m. Yeah. Australian Eastern Standard there Time. There you go. Your move, <laughs> Roland Emmerich. <laughs> 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 All right, so look, the the most ridiculous piece of casting I've heard on this so far is apparently uh, Brent Spiner is coming yes. back. Yes. He's died in the first one. What they do? Sew his head back on? You know, it's, it's like, what the hell? Who no, said his he head died? was deep underground <laughs> and it rises up at the start. <laughs> all, all he's got to do is just come back on screen and go, hi. And leave. Area 51. He'd just be on the video <laughs> screen, like Zola in, in Captain America. No, nah, he'll be like um, Zod. In, um, I will in, find him! <laughs> <laughs> no, not Zod, Jor-El. Oh, right. In Man of Steel, the hologram. Oh, right, yeah, so, okay. Oh, he could be an alien the whole time. The whole time he just speaks like, I want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, look, I actually think independent. I think Independence, I love Day, Independence too. Day I know, so did I yeah. at the time. Do you know what I want to say? I think it's though? a silly idea to make a sequel. I don't. I think I think <laughs> it's a perfect idea. And fuck Will Smith for not wanting to do this. John um, Hirsch and Bill Pullman. Are I both just can I say something about Independence so. Day really briefly? I think that's one of my favorite movie soundtracks ever. Oh, it's a good soundtrack. Maybe yeah, in the top ten. It's such an underrated soundtrack. That's, that's Give it a Arnold, listen, isn't it? Uh, David Arnold. David yeah. Arnold. Yeah. I've thought of a way to bring Brent Spiner into <laughs> it. He just just be on the soundtrack with a bit of bit of this work. Oh, um, you haven't turned me on. That's uh, why. Right. I, I turn you on all the time, dude. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Try that. A little bit of going so right, noticing the days hurrying by. When you're in love, my how they fly. It's <laughs> exactly how I remember data. Oh, there it is. <laughs> now turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Irving Berlin. <laughs> so there you go. He could sing. He can. As an in, as as and he could be an android. He'd be in the in background. The yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And oh, we're speaking of androids, we didn't do what we've been watching. Hold on a second we'll come though. Back to that. We gotta talk about who else is returning. Judd Hirsch is returning. Yeah, well Judd Hirsch says it. He's Judd gonna Hirsch be such a smeal. What is it? It's a fifty thousand dollars for a pilot seat. My, 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 my son punched the president in the United States. Twenty thousand dollars for a hammer. Yeah. David, David. He's <laughs> a genius. He was actually my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's favorite character in that movie. What is it? It's like it's like what John Lennon said. You know, all you need is love. <laughs> uh, what a shit. That's an underrated movie, guys. Seriously, I love I really, the first. I really, no, I like the first. It's just nonsense, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. But I just don't think we need a sequel. I and think I think, I think, think it's it's not not boding well with me. The sequel. Idea what about my sequel idea? Your sequel idea, I'd be down with. Yeah. See, what if Will Smith is the bad guy in the next one? No. What His if, name is Deadshot. What, what if what if Will Smith gave it all up and became a dolphin trainer? Yes, <laughs> I. I, I, I I can't help you. I'm a dolphin trainer now. I don't know why I did his, it. His son, his son is Chris Rock. <laughs> I trained dolphins. That's right. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's backtrack this up a little bit and say what we've been watching. So we binged out Daredevil on Netflix this week. Talk, go listen to Behind the Panels to hear more about that. I think we'll just really focus in on your journey through Star Trek this time. Um, and, and because we are talking about Star Trek Four and the fourth season, here's a little bit of Leonard Rosamond's theme. say right now that it is absolutely my least favorite Star Trek theme. And that was <laughs> Lennon Rosenbaum's theme song to the film. It's Star my Trek favorite uh, Lord of the Rings animated picture. theme though. I was about to say, just before, just before the show. I wish that show, whole soundtrack had just been whales. Yeah, just before the show. <laughs> just before the show, I was actually playing for these guys a little bit of Leonard Rosenman's theme to the animated Lord of the Rings. Which is doing whale sounds to me while you do that. Which is so peaceful. Lifted virtually note for note uh, to be this. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> and that's kind of why I don't like Lady Roseman. All this stuff sounds the same. And in this particular case, the same exact notes. Yeah. So, a bit disappointing. But that being said, 
<laughs> one of my favorite Star Trek films. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Thank you, Dory. <laughs> All right, Dave, season four, next gen. Oh, we, we're already skipping over. No, we'll go back to the home. movie. We'll go to the movie in a minute. Oh. Movie was always second. Remember, season four is like. Boy, the... how many weeks are we doing this now? Four. I know you were just. You were just. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the damn whales. No, I'm talking about the music more than anything. Captain, there'd be whales here. <laughs> <laughs> What's that bit in four where he's like, um, "Is the ship going to be able to contain like forty tons?" He's like, "No, it needs to be well, more fits, well, for the fit, water and the whales." <laughs> well, it fits me on it, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> season four of the next gen. What a season. <sighs> what can I say? It came between three and five. The best season. The <laughs> best start, season. It starts. Great season or greatest season? It, nah, starts, maybe the it starts with best of both worlds. Everyone two. is a corker. Maybe there's and one. And follows that straight on with family, which was an amazing episode yeah. as well. I mean, I love the Borf. They're a great villain. The Borf. Yeah, Lotus of Borf, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a while a since I've seen it. It's the Fair Borf, enough. isn't it? Yeah. Us immolate. <laughs> Ass immolation. Ass immolation. <laughs> Resistance is futile. <laughs> That's if if you're if you're data. Resistance is but, fun. But if if you're Riker, resistance is futile. <laughs> I'm, futile. Not, I'm not sure which one that is. Kinda I guess kind of gives away from where kind of gives away from where they're from, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're listening to this, futile. ten years from now, I would jump to. Geek actually episode 11, and you'll hear us talk about First Contact. <laughs> Is it 11 or 10? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Richard's got the episode list there, man. Move chuck, along Chuck home. some of them out. Some of them are uh, amazing. I'm going to chuck out Family. Yes. Which is a great one where uh, Picard goes back and visits his brother in uh, front. Oh, yeah, and they have a fight in the, yeah, in the, in the mud. The mud. In the mud. Yeah, yeah, it gets a bit sexy. And you also get introduced <laughs> to his nephew. Which is a major plot point. Oh, uh, yeah, much in later. generations. In mm. generations. Uh, so it's very, it's an important episode, and it's a great episode. Brothers, there's um, Nuni and Sung. Nuni and Sung, and yeah. more. Uh, suddenly human. Don't know about. Can't remember suddenly that one. Suddenly human. Remember me, or I remember. <laughs> remember me. What was that one? Oh, remember- that's oh, that's the one with Crusher and everyone like they. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ev- everyone's erased from Erase, memory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the reunion. Last one left. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Reunion with Alexander. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Um, Actually, Jonathan Frakes started directing quite a lot of episodes uh, from this point. Oh, onwards. I love this one, Future Imperfect. Riker finds himself 16 years in the future. His memory is erased oh, by a dormant yeah, fire. That, that yeah, was yeah. a good, good one. one yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, where you think um, that he's he's had a, a child with Troy. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, I I and can we also that. point out that this was also the season that gave us Final Mission, which was... Basically, Wesley's departure. I love it. The loss. An unknown force captures the Enterprise and causes Deanna to lose her empathic powers. So she's yeah, completely that pointless. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good episode, though. Um, clues. One of the dorkiest oh, episodes. Oh, yeah, Clues, where everyone yeah. is unconscious except for Data for 30 First seconds. Contact. Well, I was really about to good say episode that. Also- where, where Riker bangs the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it was it a Bajoran? No, where it was like, I'll let you go as long as you, I need the touch of a human. That's right. And then he's yeah. like, All right, I got to get out of here. It wasn't so. that, was, that, that was that was. I don't know if it's a Bajoran. I don't think. It no, is. no, it's, wasn't it's, that it's the one that guest starred Lilith from? Yes, from, yes. yeah, Bebe Newer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Galaxy's Child. I love oh, this one. This is probably my favorite of That's the season where, with Brahms. Yeah, with Brahms, where he, he he creates her on the holodeck and then meets her. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Night terrors. I loved night no, terrors. Can I say though that night terrors is where they all can't sleep? Yeah, yeah. One of the dorkiest episodes of this 
season there was Devil's Due, where basically they meet the devil, which was really stupid. Identity then, crisis. That's where they find out somewhere in the past. That's where Sue Dibney gets raped. raped. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a comic book reference. Uh, listen to oh, okay. Cupid, guys. The Robin Hood episode. I am oh, not, not a merry man. man. <laughs> My favorite episode, actually. Um, and the drumhead, which was a brilliant yes. episode. Yeah. So this is the one where the admiral comes in and basically starts that the, is a phenomenal, the, phenomenal the trial. Mm-hmm. And it just starts going further and further out of control. Until See how good this season is? This season is solid. Um, oh, the host was where we also introduced uh, the concept of uh, the the symbiote host for uh, what Dax would become. Oh, oh this yeah, is yeah, also yeah. Got, um, yeah. This has got Patrick Stewart's first directorial episode, which is the inferior one. This is where um, Data has a romantic relationship. With um, with, oh, the, with, with and it, yes. like it starts off because she's trying to make another person jealous. Mm. Yeah, and then like Data's trying and to. She thinks date, she's fallen yeah. in love with him. Yeah, and there's that one line where she goes, "What are you thinking about?" And he goes, uh, "The work coil fusion, yeah. the, the new recipe for Spot." And he goes, "And you?" And she goes, "Well, I'm just glad I was in there yeah, somewhere." Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, the highlight is um, is Geordie LaForge and Brahms. Mm, I really yeah. like the Geordie storyline that they do there because she recurs quite a lot. Yeah. And it ends on and, a cliffhanger and, yeah. this, this, uh, this, this season Redemption, as well. Redemption. Dude, which was the Klingon, the Klingon uh, storyline with yes. Wolf's father and yeah. uh, Gowron and all mm. sorts of and amazing. And that's, is that the episode at the end where they turn around where, from Worf? And Worf is rejected from his Klingon heritage, or is that? Um, no, no. This is the one where they redeem. This is the whole redemption story. Oh, right? that's where, this it, is where yeah, he comes yeah, back yeah, into the, the title. Into it. Hence yeah, the title. Yeah, yeah. But this is where. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, yeah, he loses, yeah. he loses his name. I, I watched all seven series like yeah. very. He loses quickly. his name, I think, in season three. <laughs> yeah. And then it's not until season four that it it all come comes back in the this House of Moog. Is where they back. reveal that uh, House of Moog. Sailor is 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 the daughter of. The Enterprise C, Tashi R, yes. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, because it ends on redemption, I think we should say at this point that we're going to do a giveaway. Hey. So, so uh, That was well-timed. It was well-timed, wasn't it? We actually have, uh, courtesy of uh, Jamie over at Good Games Hurstville, uh, we actually have a pop vinyl figure of Worf. Our yes. sponsor and for our a, Behind he, the Panel he, show and also our sponsor for Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. He's actually a sponsor of the Geek Action <laughs> Network in general, so it's wonderful to have him on board. And Jamie, this is actually a Star I want Trek- a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? This is actually Worf. Shag a luck. Hold he, that thought. He's got, a, he's got a bat left. <laughs> this is Worf in his Klingon gear. Yes. So this is perfect timing. It actually just says Klingon on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it may not be Worf. It might not be Worf. It That's all right. It's a Klingon. They all look the they same all look to me. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Worf. What I find is it really isn't, interesting. It isn't Worf. No, it's a Klingon. What it's, I find is really interesting on the bottom, Klingon. it says, warning, choking hazard. And I'm like, I couldn't hurt this in my mouth, <laughs> let alone Linda choke Linda Lovelace choking hazard. <laughs> <laughs> if you were deep-throating this. <laughs> you may yes. have a problem. Yeah. All right, so we have the pop, we have the pop vinyl figure of a Klingon. We're going to give out Worf. one of these every week. <laughs> one of these every week for the next three weeks. We've got three of these babies. So this Klingon will be, could be yours. All you have to do is before the next show. Can you send us a voicemail where you sing the theme song? <laughs> If you do that, I'll give you one. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, phrasing. <laughs> yeah, and, and you also get a, one That's of these pop you vinyls. Like Star Trek. You'll also get one of these pop vinyls. Which, which the box also points out is not a toy. Not a toy. It's a collectible. It is a statue. No, we should wrap it in chocolate. It'll be like a giant kind of surprise. His head, oh. already, his head already looks like it's wrapped in chocolate. <laughs> Let's see what he tastes like. Hey, don't open that. All, All right. right. So, <laughs> so Dave wants you to sing the theme, but I'm going to make it easier for you. I want you 
to pick your favorite line. That's the wrong music. Bum 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 bum. Wrong show. Star Wars. It's coming. So what would you say? Order. I, I already did when I watched that. <laughs> All right. So this pop vinyl figure can be yours. All you got to do is send us an email at feedback at geekaxi.com. It's got to be within the next week. So you've got until, uh, so it'll be the recording of this next, not next show, the week after. Insert date here. Episode, <laughs> by episode uh, seven. Because she won't have this up till Friday. So. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I'm doing two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, you got two weeks from today, uh, from from. From the day it comes out. So that'll be whatever, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere, somewhere around there. And send us what is your favorite line from season four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So ours is, of course, I must protest I'm not a married man. <laughs> what is your favorite line? So write it. And of course, it doesn't really matter what you put because all winners will be picked at random. So <laughs> hey, mine is. No, they won't. Fire. It's <laughs> not a line. It's a there word. are four lines. Four lines. There are four. Wrong season. Uh, <laughs> oh, from this season. From this season. Ah, from this season. From season four. Ah. All right. So. It can't be I am not a merry man. No, it can't be that one because we've already done we that. Already said that. We've, we've already, already said that. We've already said that. So let's go back <laughs> let's go back to Star Trek Four now. So let's go back to original cast, going up season by season, mm-hmm. movie by movie. Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home. This is the one with the whales. <laughs> so Everybody remember where we parked. <laughs> yes, that's that's my favorite line. From yeah, the movie, that actually. and yeah. don't mind him he did Twitch LDS in the sixties. <laughs> well double dumbass on you. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, in the collective work of Jacqueline Suzanne. We, we got to oh, talk about giants. the end where where Kirk's love interest just. I'm gonna go on another ship. That's yeah. all right. Bye. <laughs> and the beauty is, you will again. Yes, there you go. That's a great line too. Yeah. This was a, look. This was actually one of my favorite Star Trek films, and purely because it's funny. Mm. It added, injected a good dose of humor, and funnily enough, also one of the most successful Star Trek films because nuclear it did vessels. cross over, mm. so that it wasn't vessels. just Star Trek fans watching. Well, most it. of the film, barring a handful of scenes, is just 20th century San Francisco. 19, what is yeah. it? Crazy 1984 or whatever 86 yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, this yeah, I mean, was, like this is one of my mother's favorite films but she she's not seen any other star trek mm. not even an episode nothing but she Computer. just loves this film yeah you know? it's it's the one with the whales when it's i was a, with the when i was a kid this is where i learned that americans pronounced aluminium different to us yes and spell yeah. it differently because well they didn't originally because it was transparent aluminum and i thought mm. well, that must be some yeah. space age thing and then i found out years later that's how americans pronounce aluminium but i was like but there's an extra syllable in it. And then I found out Americans changed the spelling of aluminium. Yeah, just it's to actually t- spelled al- aluminum. They take out the second yeah. syllable. Fucking Americans. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie takes the cake for me. Like I think it's mm, one of the best okay. just, cause, just because of the McCoy scene where he schools like 20th century doctors on how to be doctors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that lady who needs a liver transplant. Dialysis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take one of these, God What is it, the Dark Ages? <laughs> Interesting, interestingly enough... Um, uh, I just pulled up the trivia for Star Trek Four, and the first fact is this Scotty before Star Trek. No, Scotty, movie. <laughs> Scotty provided the formula for transparent aluminum in this movie. Interestingly, this state of matter was discovered 23 years later yep. in 2009. And then, and then in, in this is really nerdy, but in Star Trek Generations, when the ship crashes, it, all the glass breaks like real glass, but it's supposed to be transparent, transparent aluminum. Interesting. I demand a refund, Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> Where's Rick Berman? <laughs> Worst film ever. <laughs> well, maybe Transparent Aluminum does break like this film features. <laughs> you can hear some trivia. This film features the only instance in which Kirk says, "Scotty, beam me up." Really? Mm. 
I like it when phrasing. he says, I like it in the last movie when he goes, Mutz, Chui Chu. <laughs> I think you'll find it's John Chu. John Chu. <laughs> Scotty. Beat me up. I, just, I only spoke high school Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, this film was this film was charming. Someone pointed out an inconsistency word. to me where it was like I think I read this on Twitter. It might have been from John D. So if you're listening, John, hello. Where it was something like, um, <laughs> how did Klingons develop warp travel? Warp travel. Warp travel. <laughs> warp <laughs> travel. <laughs> that was a Freudian penis. <laughs> <laughs> they no. harness him and no. ride him into the sunset. <laughs> I think it was John anyway, where he said that how did Klingons create warp travel when they're such a barbaric, useless, aggressive yeah. race? Like, is they, there they some Klingon like, making the warp drive? Yeah. Like, no, because actually, what we saw in Star Trek Enterprise they have to get was first, they still have a science department. No, but they have they're to make they have to make they have to, they have to have made first <laughs> yeah. contact at one stage. Well, they would have had to have made the, the Vulcans probably turned up there when they got a warp signature and got beheaded. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I like the idea of a Klingon making a warp drive. I think it's pretty funny. I thought it was funny, John. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was you, John, that wrote that. If it was yeah. you. Yeah. Dave will cut this out. If it's, if it's one, of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes and favorite stories from Star Trek Four is that the scene where they're in San Francisco and they're looking for the nuclear vessels mm. yeah. uh, is a Amazing scene, fantastic scene, so much fun, not least of which because it's 1984 and a Russian guy is asking in, in America. The joke, yeah. You know. But um, what they apparently did was actually- a hidden camera. Yeah. Hidden camera and just got people and just asking people on the street and then ran- Really? The, the yeah. producer just ran off afterwards and got people to sign release Those forms. Those reactions are genuine reactions. Yeah. Damn. That okay. cop is one of the greatest reactions of all. This yeah. cop's like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the nuclear the vessels. I think they're out in Alameda. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> no, Chekhov's here in Sydney at the moment. Is he? Yeah, with um with George Takei and um Nichelle oh Nichols. My. <laughs> for what? For some some convention. Do we have a convention happening right now? I think there's a supernova going on in Queensland. Oh, maybe. that's right. Maybe yeah, they're not here right, in Sydney. There's a Gold Coast supernova and, and, Owls is and, and, and Oz Comic Con in Adelaide right now. Right. Ah. That's what, yeah. There must be one of those. Pick I saw them on the news. Yeah, yeah pick a con. Anything else to add to Star Trek? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I actually <laughs> I actually remember seeing this at the cinema. I went and saw it at Bondi Junction for the first time when I saw it at that little cinema that used to be there, which isn't there anymore, um, uh, which is near the Westfield out there, which is a really nice little cinema at the time. Oh, I the saw, Twin Cinema at Bondi Junction. Yeah. I saw so many of my early films there. Mm. I think I saw Ghostbusters there. The film, that was probably the, around the same year. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing uh, E.T. there and Bush Christmas. And, and lots of films. We should also point out that this was one of the only Star Trek films as well where the, one of the main characters wasn't in it, which was the Enterprise. Mm. They didn't have yeah. a ship. They were flying a bird yeah. of prey. But that bird of prey time. scene at the Something end very, very appears over, over the, the whaler over the ship. Oh, so good. Brilliant stuff. Uh, where decloaks over the whaler. It's fantastic. Captain, there be whales. <laughs> no, it's great. No, I love that. And I, like, I actually love the character of um, Dr. What's-A-Face. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so that's memorable. The actual, the actual so, screen name. So memorable. What's her name? Yeah. Carol Jennings. I was going to say Carol Jennings. <laughs> the actress is Catherine Hicks. What was the character? The doctor. Doctor. Um, doctor I don't remember. Doctor this. Carol Marcus. I remember Carol Marcus. No, 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 that's, no. That's that was the other that's one. Original that's the series. Other, that's the other one he banged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's original series, isn't it? Carol Marcus. No, that was Star Trek Two. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah, was Klingon bastard. You killed my son. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, what was her name? Oh, damn it. God, if only we had... What was the actress's name? Catherine Hicks. If only we oh, had... Jillian. Inter- Thank you. 
Dr. Jillian. Oh yeah, that, and she's got movie that, database just lists her. Yeah, and she's Jillian. she's got that eighties nemesis, the one that wants to shut down the aquarium or whatever yes. it is. Yeah, Jillian Taylor at the Sausalito Museum. <laughs> well, thank you. Memorable and the George, and, and and the whales' names were George and Gracie. I remember that. Gracie knows. How do you know they're pregnant? Gracie, Gracie knows. <laughs> also, George has been telling people. <laughs> George is pretty proud of the fact that he's been banging Gracie. <laughs> this film had some great. Did you see lines. yesterday? There was like a trend on Twitter. It was like um, Baby Dave Spock. Log- <laughs> it's like Spock plays uh, Spock applies logic to songs, and he'd be like, he'd be like <laughs> things like going, "No matter how much uh, you enjoy the <laughs> sensation of dancing, the roof will not spontaneously combust." <laughs> I'm still thinking about. Wharf drive. You I may, think, I think we you may have your hands in the air, but it's evidence from your behavior that you do care. <laughs> <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon if if um if first contact was to happen for real in in our world, like say we made the warp drive, do you reckon our first instinct would, would be totally to, be James Cromwell's character to shoot the Klingons? Probably. Like like all, all the Vulcans, like whoever who would come to it. Oh, we would blow them out of the yeah, sky. We'd we'd be like, aliens. Oh my god! They're I coming. don't like these aliens yeah. coming over so our own. We just want layer. to congratulate you, you on the <laughs> We just no. want to say you're welcome to join the <laughs> we, we would find Let's a way kill by the end of the first week we would find a way to green blooded son of a bitch yeah, by the end of the first week we would find a way to tax them eat them and fuck them <laughs> and fuck them <laughs> not necessarily in that order but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw... All right, let's let's move a little bit faster now because we're actually an hour in already. I didn't realize it's what time, time was. Not yet. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Not yet, not yet. First thing I just want to mention very, very quickly in the news, Robert, Z- Robert Zemeckis is adapting another documentary. What is it with this obsession with adapting documentaries and films? So there's got, laziness so, and then there's like watching TV. So one. Man, man, on, man on Wire is being yeah. adapted into The Walk, right? Yeah. We, we saw the trailer for that. Now Marwin Cole, which is that documentary about the guy who was losing memory and building like a whole town out of dolls and stuff to try and re- to get his memory going. Great documentary. That sounds cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell has now been signed to star in nice. the film version of it directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's like... I mean, you know, I'd like to see him do like they, they bring out a film, like they bring out... Uh, the what's the, what's the mountain wire one called? The walk. The walk. Okay, right. They bring out the walk, and it has a making of feature on that, and then he adapts the making of feature <laughs> into a film. <laughs> oh, how meta could you go? How far down the rabbit hole? But the biggest- I still want to see Contact Two. I want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was an Interstellar, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And just- speaking of uh, Matthew McConaughey, speak- <laughs> and Dave, it's time. Star Wars. Are we doing a trailer commentary? Or? Oh, we can if you want. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. This is made by Lucasfilm Luttered. This shot at the beginning is phenomenal. It's actually oh. my favorite shot in the entire thing. So this long, wide desert shot, and it looks like a scene out of uh, Force Unleashed, the game. My favorite shot's the hand. Oh, I look at that. It's an X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an X-Wing. Oh, oh it's wait. in the background. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. The force is strong in my family. Spark. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Every shot is cool. Oh, it's Darth Helmet. My father has <laughs> Dark it's Helmet. A, Dark Helmet. <laughs> my Schwartz is as big as yours. 3PO! I have it. Oh, he's a Luke's lightsaber. I almost so don't even want to talk over it. It's, 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 irre- it's irreverent. You have that power irreverent. too. 
Well, of course, they've pointed out he's tweaking at the present tense about his, his father, hasn't it? Has it? Ah! X-Wings! Sex wings? Sexy girl. That looks like a shot from Force Unleashed as well. Did you just like play Force Unleashed like, or something? No, it's just, just a fresh in your mind. No, it's just that, <laughs> those, that sort of imagery. It's like, you're that one guy <laughs> you that, after they play this trailer, you're, everyone's oh, like, oh, Chewie, we're home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That Fucking reminds me of something out of. Uh, you go along uh, and you think they won't show Star up, and then yeah. bam, Kirk turns up at the end. It's great. That reminds me of Star Wars uh, Battlefront. Uh, <laughs> no, was what, that? Why, I'm just joking, yeah. by the way. But the I think guy at the end was that Luke's dad. <laughs> Force Unleashed, the the game Force Unleashed. Some of the imagery in it is just really, really. It's strong. great. It's so great. I like yeah. the bringing the de- bringing the Star Destroyer down. Yeah, with the Force. that's the final mission in the first. The first yeah, game. and that, yeah. that the opening shot of the Star Destroyer in the ground yeah. just really kind of reeks of that. Yeah. and that shot in the hangar where the, the X wing is kind of just hovering. And I'm in shooting the another X wing. It's shooting another X wing. Yeah, looks like a shot when you're in the hangars in Force Unleashed. How it's awesome that- is it in in Force Unleashed when you're bringing down the Star that's Destroyer? Amazing. It's amazing. It's such like, a feeling. I am the most powerful. This is person starting to feel world. very like meta. Are we are we purposefully avoiding talking about it? <laughs> uh, look, not that we are. I'm just joking. Dude, <laughs> it is bulletproof. There is nothing we can talk about. I don't think there's anybody on this planet who's not seen it. Do you guys yeah. ever have a Game Boy? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I called my Did penis you watch- my Game <laughs> I called my no wait seriously. I called my penis my Game Boy, and I played with it every day. And Dave, I want to know: Did you did you watch this trailer with your? He was big in black and white in those days, though. No, I didn't. I, I was <laughs> big bag of chips. <laughs> No, we had, we actually had a, we no, actually you know what's Twitter, Twitter has, yeah, has dubbed yeah, Dave's yeah, penis yeah, yeah. his big bag yeah, of yeah, chips. Yeah. I might as well have had it in my hand, seriously. <laughs> I, I watched the panel live. I watched the whole thing live. Freya Emmett played here. I watched the whole hour and then they played the trailer. So my big bag of chips was eaten before the trailer was, <laughs> it was <eaten>. shown. <laughs> it was eating your big bag of chips. I was there, guys, live. I was there live when they said, this ain't Tatooine. And I was like... <gasps> And then I was there for BB-8. What's, what's the planet called again? It's called Jakku. Jakku. So, but and apparently it's, it's it's written as J-A-double-K-U. That's what you were doing at 3 in the morning. You were Jakku and <laughs> And as soon as they said, it's not Tatooine, it's Jakku, it's was... Jakku Dave went, oh. And then they brought out the robots on stage and he went, <laughs> yeah. And they brought out they brought out Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> they, they brought out Anthony Daniels. He they finished off his Jakku. And, and then he went, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I know, but in all seriousness, though, I just want to talk about that panel really briefly because Kathleen Kennedy came on and said some really wonderful things about equality in the Star Wars universe, and and made made note of um, the lack of female characters as perceived in the original trilogy and how they're actively trying to include minority groups and um, and female characters in the new franchise and its spinoffs to come, and I think that's a very 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 valuable thing that was said. And then on top of that, they brought out all the original cast. They brought out the new troopers. Did the, they bring the, out Carrie Fisher? Yeah, they did. They how's, were, she, how's she looking? Yeah. She's looking okay for, yeah. you know, how old she is. Like, come on, she looked like she was a bit puffy alcoholic looking there for a yeah, while. Yeah, she was wearing T-shades so. and, and right. looked Was she wearing a metal bikini? <laughs> but I mean, look, like like it, like the real thing was like, it, we, we all joke and laugh, but then when we have the reality, the reality is like Peter Mayhew walked on stage with a cane. Yeah, no, Peter Mayhew's and, been very and, sick um, for a very and long this time. And this is the elderly that, that we have to worry about. Like Peter, Peter Mayhew 
barely ma- it was like that's what made you want to cry it's like he, he barely made it halfway to the stage they had a chair for him you know mark hamill being as classy as mark hamill was made a joke saying like we had to sit him down because he's he's twice as tall as me when i'm standing up and mm. you know he, he took the the um the tension out of the air because yeah, yeah. peter mayhew looked really really very ill and they let peter mayhew speak you know, and, and it's kind of like we joke about how old they are, but yet the reality is like that it's such a special thing that they're coming back for it. And, and it really hit home for a lot of people. Oh, she looks great. Turn yeah. that around again. Yeah. No, the reason why I ask yeah. is because they put her onto a really, they put the, mm. there are all these reports about they put her through a really big fitness regime. Yes. To, yeah. to bring to all of them. Basically, mm. were put through a fitness regime to get them back into yeah, yeah, shape yeah, to do yeah, this. Yeah. And and but all, all I'm just trying to say is like the it really hit home for a lot of people. Like like someone like my dad, for example, like seeing Harrison Ford back on the screen as Han Solo. Mm. It's like you don't really realize how special. Well, we all knew it was going to be special them coming back. We all had hopes, mm. but seeing it on on digital celluloid or whatever you call it now. Like seeing it there, like that's gonna that's gonna be in the movie. That's yeah. that's really from the movie. Like it exists now for real. And a lot of people, even the people that were negative about this, the the new Star Wars stuff, have completely turned because of something of realizing how special it truly is to have these characters back. Mm. No, I agree. You know, yeah. And it's a wonderful, wonderful and thing. And they that may they're not still be in the entire it, trilogy. You know? That's the other thing. I mean, this is just... Harrison Ford nearly dying <clears throat> twice. Yeah. So, I mean, the like, other thing we should stress is that just because they're all in the first, in, in, in episode seven, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be in every episode throughout the trilogy. That's a really good picture. Mm. That's if you actually go to, and this is this is a, a dirty secret that no one really worries notice, Getty Images mm. has a free stock photo website, mm. and you can use these photos anywhere. Or they ask you to when you use the embed code, mm. is it that it links back to Getty Images? Otherwise, there's massive amounts of high can quality you photos. That link? Yeah. So I'll put them yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. Just, just uh, on, on this actual <coughs> moment of the panel, how that was, how that how they structured the panel was: JJ <laughs> Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy came out together. They mm. they all they had a Q and A about the film. Then hey, they, yeah, we met JJ. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we met God. <laughs> yeah. He's met him like three yeah. times. Yeah. I'll, I'll be really quick. Just another minute on this. It's just like the then how oh, you've been waiting the whole show yeah. for this. Go yeah. for it. Then then it went into um, they brought out R two D two and the new droid BB eight, which is just incredible. I've seen that video now. And, That's and really, what do you really think, good. Dave? It, no, it is remarkable. That yeah. little round ball of a droid that you see in the first trailer running along the ground. Yeah. They bring him out on stage. He is fully yeah. puppeteered. It is yes, remarkable. It's remarkable. Then they brought out the free leads. And so the, they got to talk. It was Oscar Isaac, uh, John Boyega, and um, Daisy Ridley. And I'm saying it now, John Boyega is going to be the biggest star in the world come the release of that movie. He was incredibly charming, incredibly funny. And um, and he's also and incredibly talented. We've all, magnet- we've all we've seen, all seen him. The block. But, but here so, he's now exposed to a massive thing. Yeah. I think they're all going to be, they're all really charming and can all really Can I just really say for insane. the record? And and him know, in particular was just such can I just a, say for a the magnetic... Record? Yeah. That, that I mean, and I know this is coming from a pasty white guy, and mm. I know it's probably going to be seen as misogynistic, but I am in love with Daisy Ridley just yeah, for seeing what I've seen. Gorgeous. She is yeah. lovely. Yeah. And you just sit and look at and go, yeah, she can be my new princess. You know what I mean? Whereas, I mean, let's face it, Carrie Fisher was our princess. Yeah. And she looks a lot like. Oh, um, that's fantastic. We're going to put that on the website. Yeah. We'll use yeah, that, that as that's, a cover that's, art. that's what I'm building up to this, this thing here, because like uh, what happened was after the freak leads were on, they said, uh, they said now we're going to introduce the old cast. And what what they did that I thought was so special and so on point was they had um they had all the new leads and JJ and Kathleen Kennedy leave the stage, 
and they just let the stage for them because mm. it's like they know like this is such a big deal it's like let's let them have the center stage for a moment here it's like this is like the swan song in a way like it's yeah it's crazy i don't think the yeah. original and cast- then what they did was they brought everybody on and they said here's a photo opportunity and yeah. so all these photos that you're seeing are from just this like live two minutes that yeah. they had. I don't think... And you can all see the video on YouTube. I don't it's personally think that we're going to see the entire original cast back for any of the sequels or anything. I think this is no. a one-shot deal. And I think we may, ha- we may have Luke, who knows, we may have mm. one or one or another one here. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see this collection and of see, people. And this is the kind again. of thing... It's if, a handoff if, to the new cast. If JJ nails it like it looks like he's do- he's doing, then it's there won't be a need. Hmm. We'll all be really happy. It'll be like we got them there. Yeah, like, yeah. they got sent off. Their storyline was wrapped up, and we love these new characters so much. Let's move it on. And he's mm. he's. They revealed the places, and we kind of had a guess of what they were. But the uh, the three new leads got to talk about their actual roles, and so it's Daisy Ridley plays a character called Ray, who's a smuggler on the planet that we see. It's Han's daughter. It's got to be. It has to be, doesn't it? Has it? And, to it be. and she looks like Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and it so, has to be. Yeah. Um, and if you look at those photos and the get things, like Carrie Fisher and her are kind of like hugging onto each other mm, the most. So yeah. kind of, you get the impression they probably work together the most, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, and, um, you know, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, then you've got, so these are the free leads. So <clears> if you, you kind of get that like uh, Luke Han layer kind of mm-hmm. image, I suppose. And it's uh, John Boyega's playing a character called Finn, who we know is a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, Oscar Isaac playing a character called Poe Dameron, who is a, a X-Wing pilot. So your free leads, it's brilliant. Mm. Your free leads, TIE fighter pilot. Smuggler. Smuggler and X-Wing pilot. Yeah. It's genius. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so simple. And that's the kind of thing it's like, this, this new movie just looks like, like to make a good Star Wars movie, it sounds simple, doesn't it? It's like, but that's what's so hard about it. You know, <laughs> mm. like it's so, it's so, let's just build a new droid, and and you know we'll see what happens. And now this little droid, so simple, it's it's you could draw anybody could draw it. Mm. You know, like it, it's it's a half a sphere on a sphere. Mm. It's like it, it, it's it's a, it's mind blowing. I you love I, I, yeah. you know, I love your a two year old um, child's going to walk out of this movie and draw BB eight easily. Yeah, I love your your absolute. Um, How do you draw a Tie Fighter? How do you draw an X Wing? Yeah, yeah. It's I, genius. I love your your what's the word I'm looking for here, Richard? The um, enthusiasm. I love. I just love <laughs> yeah. Dave's enthusiasm. I was thinking of a word. It ended with asm. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Sir. Yeah. I'm like the biggest cheerleader. That was a for classy this movie. way of yeah. saying he's yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, you're I'm so happy, you know, because the second they announced this, I was on board. Before it was Abrams, before it was anything. I'm not saying that to like sort of like put myself on a pedestal or anything. I just mean like I hoped for something like this, and this is way beyond what I could have hoped for. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars is like a third parent. Yeah. You know, and it's oh, like, look, like been, to look, see this happen is like it's changing dude, my life. I saw like, Star Wars nine times in the <laughs> cinema when I was ten years old. I this, know, I know what this you're trailer going like through. makes me want to get off my ass and like make better movies and like you know do good stuff like yeah. you know it's like it's crazy the combination of star wars and raiders of the lost ark which is when i kind of mm. went i want to make movies that yeah. was that was kind of those that that period of time um i remember very very clearly going this is the magic this is this is what filmmaking mm. is all about and the people argue with him to go oh no you need to tell deep and so no fuck that yeah you need to tell entertainment yeah and, you know and if you can weave a mm. message in there fantastic this, but it's entertaining like, first you look at the shot composition in this and it's 
there's no doubt. I mean, like you, you even objectively, how can you criticize this? Like the filmmaking alone in that first shot, it, it there's the composition. That's mm. one thing. Then there's what it communicates. There's a slow reveal of that of that. It Star communicates Destroyer. like the the fall of the empire, like this little tiny little figurine, mm. like against the scope of even How's though that, they're falling. How is that going to look in three D, you know, dude? Like like the my favorite shot in that trailer is BB eight, like sticking his head out of the yeah, yeah. Falcon hallway. And it communicates a thousand things. Like, you know, he's this little shy robot. Like he's mm. looking in on someone or something. And he, you know, he's not part of the group because he's just off the edge of the frame and there's this huge wide empty space. And, and then on top of that, it's not, none of this looks like it's like JJ Abrams just slavishly adapting Lucas's and visual not, style. And not a there's a lens, crash zoom in it. There's a lens a flare le- in the Well, I was about to say that barely a lens flare yeah. to be seen. There yeah. is there's one in there. Yeah. yeah. It's when Kylo Ren, yeah. the the silver guy. But you know, lens flares happen. Yeah, yeah they, and they <laughs> happen in the original trilogy yeah. too. Yeah. But there's that crash zoom, that amazing zoom when the Millennium Falcon goes into the engine of the mm. the crash destroyer, and it's just this zoom. And it's like Lucas never would have done that. No. And it's like this is this is someone who understands and gets Star Wars entirely, like down to like the 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 Western influences, the practical effects, the, the dirty, grimy look, the dirty, grimy used yeah. look, the simplicity. Yeah, and, that, he, and was, he gets the heart. That of That was it, one of the biggest scene. problems with the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Was it you was know how many people, people, myself <clears throat> included, like, like teared at this trailer? It's like it's Richard's got very quiet over there. I, I've got nothing to add. I pretty much. <laughs> You're spent. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. You know, Can we move jizzing. on now? <laughs> yeah. Have you got enough Star Wars out of your system? Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> all right. When's it out? Richard's not Christmas. excited. I, I, I suck. I sucked all of Richard's energy out. <laughs> hey. That is that is, a, that is completely untrue. You suck nothing of mine. Except two, piece, my, yeah, two pieces yeah. of superhero news very quickly. Except my penis. Two pieces of superhero news, and then we're going to move on to our film review. First of all, Patty Jenkins left Marvel for creative differences uh, when she was signed on to do Thor The Dark World. She's now been signed by DC to actually do the Wonder Woman film. We mm-hmm. may actually finally get a Wonder Woman film, interestingly enough. Uh, this is After the film- Michelle McLaren walked away and said, no, that's not fucking going to work. <laughs> no. But remember, this is also Wonder Woman is also the film that Joss Whedon yeah. wrote and was going was gonna to make as well. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard the rumors of why Michelle McLaren left? Creative differences. Yeah, but do you know what 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 exactly they were? No, she um, wanted to include Wonder Woman, and Warner wanted to be a Batman <laughs> film. <laughs> no, I, I was reading that it was it was a combination of two things: was that DC wanted it modern day, she wanted it World War Two, and the other thing was that she want she really wanted to make Steve Trevor the damsel in distress of the movie, which he is. And and Mar- and um, DC didn't want to go that way. He wanted. She wanted to review really yeah. the Willie Moulton bondage yeah. take on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. If, you, if they'd made it a World War Two story with Steve Rogers as basically the yeah. damsel in distress, yeah. I would have been so in for that yeah. film. And she said she wanted like a audiences bra- would have been in for that. Yeah. Film. yeah, yeah. She wanted like a Braveheart type thing. How good would that you have been? Ad, Richard, did you? I know. I actually haven't heard much about it. I've literally just heard. Uh, uh, Less than what you've you've said, I just assumed it was. It's all some, rumors too. I should say some bullshit created from things, and you don't know what goes on behind behind doors. No. We never really. It's just really disappointing because she's like amazing. I can, amazing. One thing I will commend Warner is that they they seem to have they've they they were determined to get a female director on this. Mm. Yes. Um. So when when Michelle McLaren couldn't do it, um, they got Patty Jenkins, which is is great choice again. 
because when she was uh, announced for Thor 2 a few years back, I thought that was a great choice then. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a different choice, but then Marvel was always thinking differently. My prediction? Yeah. Within six months, Patty Jenkins will be off this film. Yeah. I have another prediction. I think Michelle McLaren's going to get snapped up for Captain Marvel yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Momentarily, yeah. yeah no, They're I swapping agree. them back and forth. I agree. Because there's think, only two female directors yeah. in Hollywood. Well, they'll let Michelle McLaren do it, well, how she wants to do it. Michelle McLaren is an outstanding director. Yeah, but stop. they wouldn't let Patty, well, Jen- I mean, I, wouldn't I, let Patty I am, Jenkins do Thor 2 the way I don't, she wanted I don't know much about Patty Jenkins' work, but Michelle McLaren has, has directed the best episodes of Breaking Bad. She was a, a, a long-time director on it. She right. did some better calls. So she's, she's done Game of Thrones. Well, Patty Jenkins is best known for Monster, the show. Well, yeah, on yeah, film. it's a great movie as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to like compare the two of them. I'm just saying I, I, have, reckon, a, I have a Breaking Bad bias. So I reckon yeah. I reckon uh, Patty Jenkins will find. Uh, will, but will sorry, basically- sorry, just really quickly, just for audience that don't know Breaking Bad, Michelle McLaren is hired to do the action-heavy episodes of Breaking Bad. Right. So like all the shootouts, all the chases, all the stuff, and she's and she's also done. She's a monster at it. She's like, also uh, on Game of Thrones yeah, and Walking yeah. Dead. And you remember the episode of Game of Thrones where um it's the bear fighting um yeah yeah, yeah Jamie yeah, yeah. yeah uh, oh no Brienne Brienne yeah. fights the bear yeah. she directed that episode for example so oh okay it, it, it's like she's, that was that was the season finale wasn't uh, it? I'm not sure I don't think or the I don't second think last so. episode it was called it was the bear in the main affair or something I, um, anyway. Yeah, so look, I, I, I love Michelle McLaren. That's yeah, what Michelle McLaren is a good choice uh, for Captain Marvel. So if Marvel can get her, good good sign. But the only thing that worries me a little bit is that let's not forget that Patty Jenkins has already walked off a Marvel film because of creative differences. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, people aren't often given the freedom that they need. Yeah, and when these are making both studio yeah. things. So I mean, for all we know, Michelle McLaren could have wanted something ridiculous. Like we we don't know. Like, well, she wanted to set it in period, which would have doubled the budget. Well, is that so? Yeah. That would have. That I'm would, just trying to be even handed here. Yeah, that would have been be. a big. That would have been a big factor. Um, she right. direct Arrested Development. The one, Sorry, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. The one thing I'll say about Patty Jenkins is she's not done a lot of big films. Monster is an amazing film. Though. It's an amazing mm-hmm. film, but it's not exactly an action film. So if, if it depends on what they're going for with Wonder Woman, True. Um, I I don't. There's not a lot in her CV. But then again, the Russo brothers. Mm. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. and uh, we always come back to the fact that Marvel has picked some really odd directing choices, and yeah. they all work. This, this is this is the other thing is <clears> this, <throat> this is Warner who seemed to have the reins a little tighter than, than Marvel. Yeah, than on, on, to, to their detriment, I think. Mm. Uh, I mean, they, that said, they seem to have let Zack Snyder do whatever he wants, and that's worked out well so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Very well. last piece of news before we move on to our review. Mark Ruffalo uh, yeah, 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 yeah. came out, and we talked about a little bit about this on uh, behind the panels, but this is some video of it. So can I is- can I make a request for future stories? Because you often start with Mark Ruffalo came out, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Like you noticed this as well? <laughs> Didn't he? <laughs> and for the first thirty seconds of every story you announce, I'm like, another person's gay. Yeah, <laughs> get used to me. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo came out, talked about his as far his as contract. I'm concerned. Mark Ruffalo can do anything. Uh, yeah, he so, came out yeah. to talk about his contract and basically he was asked the direct question, how many more Marvel films does he have to go? And this was his response. This a while ago, uh, but I'll ask you again now that you've made a few more movies. How many more are, what, do you, are you allowed to talk about your Marvel contract? Do you still have like five pictures? Is it still, yeah. is it still like a while? Yeah, I, 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 I do. And is I, it literally five? I, I, <laughs> I, I, think it's, um, I think it's four now. Okay, but um, that could always go further, uh, of course, yeah. and that uh, that that could include uh, different uh, uh, 
I could show up in a in another character's movie. I can do a, sure. another, you know, Avengers three and four. I can do a Hulk standalone, like any combination of those things. Hundred percent, four or five, I think. My question is, they're getting ready to do Civil War, uh, and Spider-Man is going to be a part of Civil War. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're a part of it. Are you pissed off that you're going to not be able to work with Spidey till Avengers: Infinity War Part One? Or are you like I, Kevin? I can be in Civil War. There must be a reason why Banner has to show up. Or are you in it? I don't know that I'm in it yet. I don't know. And uh, But the, sometimes these things happen at the last minute in this world, as sure. you come to find out. Um, I really don't know where I fit in from, from here on out. And I'm not sure they do. As far as Hulk movie, standalone Hulk movie, uh, Marvel doesn't really have the rights to that yet. That's still Universal's property. Oh yeah. So so there's that issue. Um, is that is that for sure? Like, did someone tell you that, or is it? Yeah, is this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this could explain a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, that's that's a big impediment to 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 moving forward with that. Now, is, I don't think that's uh, insurmountable. By the way. No, because all you need is an enormous bag of money. <laughs> How condescending that? was that interview? It's like, yeah. did somebody tell you that? Yes. That could be the only way an actor would know. My, my, my question is, like, why Why is he saying he might not be in Civil War? Because well, he, well, he might not be in Civil well, War. Not be in Captain Civil, America Civil War is not his film. It's Captain America. Yeah, I guess so. Robert Downey Jr. being the in only reason maybe I'm Maybe I'm such a spoiler-phobe now that I'm kind of, it's kind of leading me to think things about Asia Ultron, but no, but they're just calling it Civil War. You yeah, know? But it's kind of like oh, so Age you of might Ultron. Not, the movie it's like, is not. You, you might not be because we all know the press in America have seen Age of Ultron, so it's like mm. why and it started why, spoiling it immediately. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know anything. No, I'm, I'm this not is the first thing it. I've seen. But it's kind of like say I say to you like, hey, you're not going to be in Civil War, but you might be in Avengers: Infinity War. Mm. I mean, what, what, what? Well, no, he's not. I mean, I mean they've like, announced the. Yeah. Ca- they've announced, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes they've sense. announced the casting though for Civil War. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's not in the casting. Yeah. And they've announced like. But it's uh, so Robert definite. Jr. It's so definite be- a question. No, yeah. no, but they've announced the casting. He was fishing because they've announced the casting yeah, for Civil yeah. War, uh, and it's going to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and uh, Scarlett Johansson and Nick Fury. Mm. I've forgotten. It's Daniel Jackson, and I think because <laughs> 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 no matter what he's in, I think it's Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think Jeremy Renner. They said mm. there was going to be in that. Jeremy Renner is going to. So especially they've announced those people. So he's not on that list, yeah. and we know that. I'm probably just reading. It and they're probably just. Milk. I think the most important thing that came and out, given sorry what that interview was saying, it sounds like they might want to milk and, and as, Hulk as, as long as possible. As you, as you were saying, that interview will sound like a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, it might not be too much. Yeah. The thing about that, that interview true. though that comes that, they, that really came out was the fact that it's nobody, quieter. nobody. <laughs> So I tomorrow th- night we know Hulk dies. <laughs> well, no, no, Dave, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Four more films. Or they send Hulk into, into space to do Planet Hulk. Hulk. Now, see, this is the thing, though. The most important thing that came from that interview was the fact that he said <laughs> Star Univer- Wars. Universal still owns the rights to the Hulk mm-hmm. at this point, which is no! real. <laughs> which is interesting when you think about it because they've obviously worked out a deal that they can actually get uh, the Hulk for use in other films, but they can't make their own standalone yes. at this point. 
But he said nothing's insurmountable. And he's got that little grin mm. on his face when he's saying that. I reckon they're already talking to Universal. They're oh, all, absolutely. They've yeah. got Spidey and now they're going, hey, you guys are never going to use but this. It, and the other thing that I liked in there when he was saying is it, it's currently four, but that could stretch out. That could stretch yeah. out. Absolutely. You know, Hulk's not going anywhere. They the know only thing they would have liked, popular. Uh, the only thing I would have liked more is if he said, that could stretch out. Like Hulk shorts. <laughs> Boom, <laughs> drop mic, walks away. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to this feature film review. Uh, I'm going to pop out for a second. All right, see you uh, later. This week... <laughs> Richard uh, hasn't seen the movie. We no, he, Richard <laughs> hasn't seen the movie this week. Uh, Dave and I both actually separately... I'll be right here. <laughs> Just get out. <laughs> so Dave and I actually saw this separately, so this is going to be interesting because we really mm. haven't talked a lot about this film. No. So the film this week is uh, While We're Young, uh, written and directed by Noah Baumbach and stars Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried and... Uh, many others, we should say, but these are the four main cast members at this point. And according to IMDb, because we do love IMDb. Uh, uh, oh, this is going to be great. One is old, one is young. <laughs> it says, a middle while a- we're young. <laughs> a middle aged couple's career and marriage are overturned, not quite, when a disarming young couple enters their lives. That's it. That's all they say. It's kind of what it's about, a little bit. We'll actually have a look at the trailer real quick, and we'll come back and we'll talk about this. I like our life as it is. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to take off to Paris tomorrow, we could. If we're going to do it, we should plan it at least a month in advance. A month is still in the realm of spontaneity. Beautiful class. Oh, thanks. I really loved your film, Power Elite. You've seen it. That scene with the dogs around the garbage. How did you stage that? Those dogs were just there, and uh, I said, hey, shoot those dogs. Beautiful. Why do you suddenly want to hang out with a couple of 25-year-olds? We were just 25. I mean, we weren't, but, you know. We're the boring couple with a baby. What have you guys been doing? We met this interesting couple. You came! He's a young documentarian, and she makes ice cream. How old are they? 25, 26, 27. They're children. Yeah, nine years ago, they couldn't vote. I love his shoes. I have some wingtips here somewhere. I stopped wearing them when I got shin splints. What kind of class is this again? Hip-hop. There's something about being around them that energizes you. You have arthritis in your knee. Arthritis? Arthritis? Yes. I usually just say it once. I remember when this song was just considered bad. But it's working. If I'm going to be totally honest with myself, I don't think I'm ever going to die. I know that's crazy. It's crazy. We've got this ayahuasca ceremony this weekend with Jamie and Darby. What's an ayahuasca ceremony? You drink this sludgy liquid and you uh, hallucinate and vomit up your demons. Okay. Well, we're just having a cookout and maybe playing charades. I wish you'd look at me the way you look at Jamie and Darby. When we first met, you wooed me with romantic emails. It wouldn't make sense for me to send you emails now when we're in the same room all the time. We don't know how else to say this, but we're worried about you guys. Do you think that Jamie came to my class because he knew that I was married to you? That this was all so he could meet your dad? The world isn't a conspiracy against you. <laughs> it's all a pose. It's like he once saw a sincere person and he's been imitating him ever since. Go back inside! For the first time in my life, I stopped thinking of myself as a child imitating an adult. You feel that way too? What is that, hoedown? Hip-hop. Okay, so... Dave. Wow, that was the whole film. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even me. the final scene was in there. 
Yeah. But you wouldn't know if you weren't. If well, you were exactly, exactly right. Yeah. I love the fact that they recut it, though. They made it look like other people were in scenes that they weren't in. <laughs> yeah, it's to yeah. fight cutaways. Yeah. Anyway, and they uh, completely removed the entire like main plot of the movie. Yeah. Oddly. No, they just wanted <laughs> yeah, to show you the fun stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So I think it was, a, it was an interesting choice for a film. Mm. Um for those who are first-time listeners, which probably not a lot of you are, but, I mean, I'm 47 years old. You're 25. 25. For the we, next two weeks. For the next two weeks. <laughs> we look at this film, and it's really interesting because we are mm. actually those two demographics. Exactly, almost. Yeah, yeah. almost exactly those yeah. two demographics. And the film, in a nutshell, I mean, the trailer's given away a lot, but in a nutshell, it's basically about this mid-40s couple who, for all intents and purposes, are in a bit of a rut. Mm-hmm. Um they, in particular him, because he has been working on this documentary for 10 years. Yeah. Um, it is no closer to being finished than it was 10 years ago. He, I think his, his rough cut of the movie is six and a half it's, hours yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah six and, and a half hours really long. it's really ponderous. And, and he, yeah. he can't sell it because basically his description of it makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Because he's so far up his own end. Yeah, and that's really yeah. interesting because the, the hipster of he won't this listen film to anybody. is yeah. actually him, yes. not the 25 year old, even yeah, though the yeah. 25 year old is being portrayed as the mm-hmm. hipster, but he is just this, 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 um, stuck up, pretentious, self involved man mm. who basically looks at this young kid thinking this is the life he wanted. Yeah. Or is it? You know, I mean, mm. that's what the film is basically asking that question. And they try and kind of relive that 20, mid 20s time mm. vicariously through them. Yes. Um, and it, different degrees mm. of success, basically. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah it's a fair. Yeah. yeah. And if they, if they both just met in the middle, like if they, if they stopped trying to live in times that weren't their own. Because I think Adam Driver is still trying to live 20 years ago too. Well, like, even Driver, though he wasn't really necessarily born around. No, he then. was trying to. He was. Yeah. He, that's that hipster thing. Yeah. He's trying to be all cool and yeah. look at me. I'm very retro. I've He's got not vinyl. living in the now. Yeah, know. I've got the vinyl. Yeah. I've got the. I've got the the the. Yeah. Cassette, he, so. He's he's not present in a his time movies thing. are on VHS. Yeah, you know? you know? and um, but yet he doesn't know any of the movies really. Like no, and, like and he doesn't remember like the Goonies and like they make a point of that at one stage. Yeah, and, there's, and then at one point you actually start getting the thought that maybe he doesn't even know the films of the person he's yeah. supposed to vitalize. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of weirdness mm. going on there, and there's there's a there is a subplot which is all about whether or not it was actually a bit of a conspiracy that they actually met in the first place. Yeah, was it staged? I think uh, Amanda Seyfried actually refers to herself as there's a term she uses in the film oh, yeah. about um, you wouldn't pick up a male hitchhiker, but you'd pick up a couple. Yes, yeah, so yeah. She, you know, she's uh, oh, what does she call the, herself? It's the handbag or, or something. Or the luggage or the, something. Yeah, yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so you would start to even wonder whether they were really a couple in the greater yeah. sense of the word. So there's a lot of that going on. It's like on. he's in love with him. It's like, well, she says that he... They only, uh, Adam Ben Stiller says something like, um, "But he loves you." But he loves you, and then she says, "No, he loves, he loves himself." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of that was really interesting. The biggest issue I had with the film, and we'll, I'm dying to hear what you really, mm. because this is the, what I came away from the film is I actually came away from the film feeling really old. Yeah, you, you sent me a text. Yeah, us. it's yeah. a real, it's a really funny thing because I'm looking at their lives and I'm going, yeah, I can kind of relate to mm. everything that's going on. I can't, just kind of away feeling kind of old. To put that into context, I work with 
almost predominantly mid 20 year olds. Mm. And so I live that life yeah. almost every day. And so it's like you sit there and go, mm. when you but actually. I tell, you, I tell you why I found your, your message, because David, you'd sent me a message mm. which just basically said the movie made me feel old. Yeah. You know, and like in my head, it was kind of like, I don't understand really how you related too much to it though, because the big component is having kids. And you've had a kid. That that know. plot. You line, have your own home yeah, that we're that, in now. That and, you know. plot line, I didn't. That plot line wasn't what I was yeah. actually thinking. What I was actually because the, the characters of, in the movie didn't necessarily make a life of their own, but you you did. You know? No, I've got a kid, and and you know I, but I don't own a house. I rent. You oh know, well, yeah, like but that. still. But no, the thing the is, thing. I look you, at you, I look yeah. at the film though. And one of the one of the things that the film is actually talking about is the fact that here he is with all his dreams and aspirations mm. of what he wants to do. He's never really achieved anything. Yeah. You know, including not even having a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like but I thought you, that was the kind of the point of the whole movie, wasn't it? That the but it's kind of be, depressing to think that your yeah. life is only complete if you get the kid. Yeah, and I that's guess so. Kind yeah. of what it says. That's that whole dangerous thinking of like I'm having a kid to complete Correct. my own life. And yeah. that and it kind of worried me a little bit that Noah Baumbach. And that's kind of what the there's neighbors in the film. Yeah, uh, they're like best friends, I guess. Um, and they're like. They have a kid and they're like, oh, I didn't realize like if having a kid that changed my life. Like this one I thought I could just bring the kid everywhere. There is one there is yeah. one speech in this. There's one scene in this where he goes to see his friend who is now the stay at home dad. Yeah. And the, he is talking about the fact that he loves his kid, but quite frankly, he loves himself more. Yeah, yeah. And there's that whole thing about how he has no life anymore mm. and everything is wrapped up with the kid and what you know, basically he's saying, What the hell did I do? Mm. And that's actually that is incredibly poignant yeah. to anybody who's been a parent. And I'm, I love my son dearly. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But everybody who has been a parent at some point has gone, what have I done? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you realize at that, and, and mine was very early on. I'm very happy having mm -hmm. my son now, but there's that point where you go, wow, life as I knew it really is over. Yeah. You know, because it's a, you it's are a now you are now responsible for a living a living being. Yeah, and you've got to do the best you can to to raise that living being. Well, this film posits the idea that they basically can't have a child. They've tried, and she's had miscarriages and so forth. The neighbors are basically saying, "Well, you're worthless unless you have mm. a child." Or the friends, they give up, basically saying, "We can't do it. That boat has sailed. It's never going to happen." And by the end of the film, and he's all like. Um you know, I can't. I can't have a kid because if I do, I will never be able to complete. I'll my never film. be able to complete the film. But ten years, yeah. he's been trying to complete this film. And he's we should never... say just really briefly that um, Adam Driver is also a documentary filmmaker, and Ben Stiller was making this documentary over. Correct, yeah. and and through manipulative mm -hmm. means, and, ben, and, and uh, Adam, Adam Driver, Driver makes just like the most bullshit documentaries ever, and everyone thinks they're like they're amazing, amazing pieces yeah. of art. Yeah, it's almost catfishing it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no derogatory. Which I want to come back to, but yeah. yeah. We'll come back to the film side of it because mm -hmm. that's actually another part of it altogether. Yeah. But I'm talking about the, the interrelational mm -hmm. point. Yeah. What I found interesting was the fact that Noah Baumbach's basic thesis here is middle-aged couple can't have a child. Their lives aren't complete. They haven't mm -hmm. been able to do what they want to do. So the ultimate resolution to it all is they adopt a child. Yeah. And you still go, we kind of backtracked on it. Everything that we were t saying by taking it all the way back to the beginning and saying, oh, yeah, you were right. All we really needed was a child. Yeah, and that kind of was a cop out to me. It was mm. just a little bit of a cop out to me. And I don't get me wrong; I love this film. I thought this yeah. film. I thought the performances were great. It's I an thought, affecting movie. It's a film. very and the fact yeah. that it actually gave me an emotional yeah. reaction is testament to the film. Mm. I mean, great performances all around. Um, I just don't think Noah Baumbach quite knew what he was trying to sell. 
Yeah. And that was the problem. At least on that emotional yeah. aspect. The I fact think. is at the end... I think there's some very... I want to use the word cynical, but I don't think it's that much. But there's stuff with the film industry in there. Yeah, well. and then we'll come but back to that because that's mostly what yeah. you took out yeah, of Yeah, but film. I think I agree with you with the emotional aspect yeah. though, and the characterization. And I just, yeah. I kind of felt like at the end, the, the comeuppance for the young kid in his shallow films mm. was he got really successful. And yeah. also, you know, he's in the magazine, he got yeah, famous. Yeah, but I thought that was on purpose because the magazine he's in is Vanity Fair. Which is one of the number one yeah, entertainment magazines in the world. I think it was the way so. it was done. I think it was more coily because it was more vanity. Well, but you know, everything, like, of course, everything, he'd be in. But everything there. in his career was about his measure of success was to be famous. Well, I guess so. Yeah, you know, true. and so he was famous. There was no so. real art in his process. No, yeah. And then, and then at the other side of the thing, Ben Stiller and that adopt their baby, yeah. and you kind of sit there and go, so nobody actually suffered or got. Mm. Penance for anything that they did. Yeah. They all kind of go. It's almost like he went. Oh well, they can all win. Yeah. It's almost like the it's sport. Like, it's, it's almost, almost like a kid's sporting event. Scene. It's yeah. almost like a kid's sporting event now, where everybody gets a medal. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean? participation. <laughs> like, yeah, participation yeah. medal. I think, you know, I think maybe the movie would have had a stronger hit if they had not had that scene of him like in the magazine. Like, I maybe think it if might it was have. just like what happened to him. Who knows? Yeah, he went yeah. off to do whatever. Because they they still kind of imply that Ben Stiller finished his documentary and. But that we didn't get that though. No, well, I thought I don't know. I might have misread it a bit because I thought there was some sort of inclination, and we're doing full spoilers here now. Yeah, like the uh, in the final moments of the movie, I thought there was some kind of inclination that they were waiting on a plane to go to a festival. No, they were going to pick up the kid. They were going to pick up the kid. They're going to pick up the kid. That's why she had the photo. Yeah, I misread the ending. Yeah, Yeah, they're going to pick up the kid. Yeah, and the thing is, there was no indication. The only indication that we have that he was on the right track. That changes a lot of how I viewed the movie. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I. I misread the ending then. So the only, yeah. the only I thought the ending was like implying like that he finished his film and they were going to go show it or no, something. No, the like. only thing that gives an indication that he's on the right track for the film mm. is when he says to the father to Charles Grodin. Well, he says to Charles Grodin, who I love Charles <laughs> who was Grodin, amazing. When he movie, actually yeah. says I cut out the the Egyptian part. Mm. You were right. And he goes that's a good move and then he walks out. Yeah. So at least you know that he's conceded yes. that yeah. there is changes to be made mm. and he has taken some advice compromise. and he has yeah. to compromise. That's where it's left. We never come back to it after that. Mm. So the only one who's actually successfully being a filmmaker is Adam Driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they kind of like they really do hammer home that like Adam Driver is a successful filmmaker by accident, almost. You know, he well because like, he know. films everything. Yeah, and there's that one thing yeah. that there's a line from Adam. And he stills willingly. Yeah, and there's like, a line from Ben Stiller where he says, yeah. "Just because you film everything doesn't make it yeah. a documentary." Because he's he's the worst of the worst. Where it's like. Adam Driver in the movie, like, especially for film people out there, like, Adam Driver, like, becomes friends with Ben Stiller's character and then takes Ben Stiller's mm. interview guests, like, steals Ben Stiller's No, tactic. but it's even more like, malicious than that. It's way more He manipulates yeah. Ben Stiller yeah. into giving him yeah. his interview yeah. guest, you know? And then he just takes all the credit like it was his own. Yeah. And it's, it's horrifying. It's extremely... And then Ben Stiller comes to terms with that and it's too late in the third act because the whole third act is all Adam Driver's the villain and mm. uh, there's nothing we can do about it because everybody believes him. Yeah, and I think that slap in the and face... I look like the asshole. I think know? the slap in the face for me over the whole Adam Driver, Adam Driver thing was Ben Stiller presents the evidence that he fakes stuff Yeah, and Charles Grodin, who represents in the film the old school quality document- yeah. documentarian who believes in the truth mm. goes... 
Oh, I guess it's okay. Yeah. And he, yeah, goes, and he goes, he goes, you what? just were on stage <laughs> saying that it's about truth. And, that, and I had a problem yeah. with that. Yeah. He's gotta go, yeah. So he doesn't even get yeah. reprimanded for no. it at all. Because yeah. I think uh, to get on the film stuff now. Like yeah, the, please take like, it over. Uh, like the, the movie, like it's, it's very steeped in film knowledge. Yes. But almost wanky film knowledge too. Like they name drop Eisenstein. They, there's a really hysterical sequence in my opinion where Ben, to make money on the side, it seems Ben Stiller gives lectures at a university. Yeah, yeah. And there's, a, there's a, a hilarious bit there where he's trying to talk about Nanook of the North, which is the first documentary ever yeah, yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, and his keynote doesn't and, work. And, and it won't work. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's a, I'm trying to show you a picture of Nanook of the North. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Like, I can't fix this thing. You know, it's, but it's very film literate. Even the Goonies is mentioned at one yeah. stage. And it's like, literally, who directed the Goonies? And yes, well, the, I think the, the scene in particular that blew my mind was when he is trying to describe his documentary to the potential investor. Yes. And Great the number of yeah. names and yeah. styles yeah. he drops yeah. in the space of a, of a paragraph. Yeah. And you said that you can just... And <laughs> this, is a great, yeah, yeah, this, was, this is actually <laughs> one of the highlights of the movie because how that scene starts is that he's like, what's it about, blah, blah, blah. And Ben Stiller mentions something about the prison penal system. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so it's like a Shawshank? And then Ben Stiller like, well, we'll just go the other way. And it's like, first Ben Stiller gets this opening. Like if he was just out of his head for a bit, he yeah. could have manipulated well, it. Well, and that's him, what Adam Driver you know? was trying to explain yeah, to him. Exactly. Saying, but, just- but this scene is so great because the the agent or whoever it is, the producer yeah. is like a 20-year-old The kid. investment, yeah. Yeah, and he's just looking at his iPhone like off in the, the on the table <laughs> like getting more and more progressively bored. But then when when he finally relents at the end of the scene, he like grabs that phone and just as if it's, as if it's like he's grabbing a pack of cigarettes or something or like a or heroin. It's just like it's the the most fast snatch, and there's this this sense of overwhelming relief of like oh, <laughs> it's a great scene. <laughs> that character's funny because he's at the dinner as well. Yeah, yeah. And every yeah. time he goes, uh, the 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 Afghan the Afghan yeah. the um, Afghan um, veteran he goes. Uh, you know, it was a fake. He goes, "You mean he wasn't? He wasn't in Afghanistan?" He goes, yeah. "Yes, he was." He goes, "Oh, so he wasn't in Afghanistan?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's all like it's just a fickle, like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, so like the whole that stuff had it gave the movie this subtext to me. I think the movie is about filmmaking in general, yeah, yeah. not not just documentaries. It's like the and this movie is very. I don't know clearly, but it, it seems to be very personal. I, I would take it on a personal mm. basis. Like it's easy to put Noah Baumbach himself into. Oh, ben yes. Stiller's shoes, like it's not too far of a reach, and um, I, but I, I have a feeling because Noah Baumbach's been this guy who's been, he's never really leapt out of the independent film world mm. since the early '90s with like Kicking and Screaming, and even to recently with like Greenberg with Ben Stiller. It's it's always still the same kind of indie film, but it's more like a Woody Allen film. You know, it's not like the mumblecore, pretentious wank fests that are, we're used to. And I kind of get this sense that like more because I did three years of art school where I majored in film production and everybody was like this, like Adam Driver's character. That's why I don't relate with Adam Driver's character because mm. I've always felt like I'm, I'm 40 in a young person's body. Like it's That's like, fair. it's like my, my tastes in films are from way back. You know, I, I don't really have this kind of like Sundance. Yeah. You know, everything's got to be shallow depth of field the and indie. everyone's 
mumbling and it's all just improvised and you know all this nonsense like um whereas like i believe like in the integrity of a screenplay and like the like i i believe in like having dialogue written and performed Mm. and you know i I think there's an art to film i don't think film is just this toss-off like yeah we'll get a bunch of friends together and we'll go into a a house for a couple i would much rather see a beautifully framed dolly shot than a handheld yeah exactly you know because there's a real art and a craft to it Mm. and this is the whole postmodernism bullcrap that gets piped into the the air at art schools where it's all like postmodernism teaches you that there is no standard. Hmm. So when there's no standard in art, well, what's good art? You know? And, yeah. and, and, and this is the kind of thing people get away with murder over there under the, the guise of ambiguity or, or art, hmm. you know, but where in reality they're just pretentious wankers that have nothing to say that are just like um, photocopies of people that existed before them. Which is, I think, what Adam Driver is. Adam Driver is just a photocopy of a hundred other people, including Ben Stiller. Well, he's a mishmash of a hundred different Yeah, people. you know, but he has no voice of his own. He's, he, that's why I think Noah Baumbach, Baumbach chose the documentary, mm. because the documentary is all about truth. Yeah. And it's like, here's a guy who's just going around sticking a camera in people's faces, hoping for something. Yeah. It's like, well, you're not doing anything, you know, you're just leeching off other people mm-hmm. there's no real creative art to it mm-hmm. whereas here's Ben Stiller someone who's breaking his back who's never achieved success and that's that's the core of his gripe is like I'm someone who really cares about all this and, and he's I'm trying, trying to my find hardest, the truth and, and I, I, I can't get there and here's someone who just tosses it off like it's fucking nothing and that's why I related to Ben Stiller's character mm-hmm. more because of the art school experience I mean like um, I had an experience in here where I always tell this story it's like I remember um, like uh, there was a presentation and we're all showing our films and, and uh, a person in my class, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but he'd, he'd shot a film which was just shots of fish. Mm-hmm. And we all, because we had all spoken outside the classroom, we all knew how he'd made it. How he'd made it was he went to an aquarium and over the course of two hours he shot fish and he put it together in, in order and he put uh, Philip Glass music on top of it, right? And the teacher goes, Wow. That's amazing, like amazing. You know, how did you do this? And he's like, I really am interested in blah, 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 blah. All this nonsense. He goes, it really reminds me of, of this film, um, uh, Koyana Skatsi. He goes, yeah, I love that film. That's one of my big influences. And the teacher was like, oh, do you know the director's name? Do you remember the director's name? And he was like, um... Godfrey Reggio. Yeah, I know, I know you do. Yeah, but in the... Because in, in, it actually is. What happened was films. he didn't know the director's name. He's like, he was like, um, it's something, um, uh... And then the teacher goes, Godfrey Reggio, like you just did. And he goes, yeah, that's it. And it's like, this is the kind of thing, it's like, like in art school, the kind of stuff you get is where you, you spend the whole entire year on your project, you know, uh, rewrite after rewrite, you, you, you spend three, four weeks filming let alone Mm -hmm. trying to get the financing and the developing the post-production the editing and you get a b yeah you know and then someone walks in there barefoot and plays a guitar and gets a a high distinction you know like yeah and that's the that's the kind of thing is like i i i picture like noah bombach made this movie like in rage like he wrote this in in a weekend where it was just like here i am like killing myself to make real art real movies like um like I can imagine he went to Sundance with Greenberg or something like that. And he watched maybe five other films or saw like people like the Duplass brothers, like on the red carpet, like spending hundreds of hours of interviews, like just soaking up the fame, just being like, you know, well, we try and do crash zooms in our, in our shots. Cause we want it to be real. And, you know, we, 
you know, we we hide the cameras behind bushes so that the actors feel it's mm. real. And then it's like, you know, like all the press going like, oh my God, you guys are wonderful. You're changing, you're changing cinema. You're, you're paving the way. <laughs> and here's Noah Bomback over here like, I've done Fantastic Mr. Fox like, you know, like I told a story, like, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, I've di- I done Greenberg, you know, and like, and Greenberg's just sort of like Ben Stiller. Yeah. He's a good dramatic actor. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, that's why I think where, where the movie really comes in. It's more like, you know, like stop looking over here. Cause these guys are just like, um, you know, glincy bracelets and, yeah. and shiny jewelry. Whereas in the end, it's like their relationships last weeks. They're ephemeral, you know, ephemeral. And it's like they they don't really have any money. They're they're always leeching off other people. Like in the movie, Adam Driver's always like, oh, I'm uh, gonna go to the bathroom, you pay the check. You know, well like, no, what I love like about pathetic. once again once again, it's all about manipulation too, because Adam Driver never actually says you pay the check. Yeah. Ben Stiller would say, I'll get this. Adam Driver goes, Oh yeah, thanks. Mm. And it's like he's always yeah. just Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's just <laughs> leeching. It's like he's not a person of his own. He's just someone that the coast along that's someone that's like kind of maybe fucked up a bit. Hmm. And it's really interesting because you look at Amanda Seyfried, who's amazing in the movie as well. The acting's all amazing. But in the beginning, Amanda Seyfried seems to be in love with him, right? Yeah. Like really in awe of him. And she makes her own ice cream and there's avocado flavored <laughs> ice cream and all this stuff. But it's kind of like, um, I think she says something at the very beginning and you kind of take it on face value. I can't remember exactly what it is. But then at the real end of the movie, you realize that she was only there. Mm. Really, because she didn't know what she wanted, and then when she realized, and the fact that how they, much take, they take this, was, this is my wife, yeah. and then in a throwaway scene that is almost mm. forgotten, they weren't even really married. Yeah, it was some hippie ceremony. Yes, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. like, and because they go on, oh yeah, we got married in a civil court, blah yeah. blah blah, but they've completely forgotten about the fact that they never actually were married. Yeah. You know, they were just kind of, they called themselves married, you know? And yeah. Look, it's a, but really- anyway, all, all, all long fucking ranting aside, like I'm still talking about what I viewed as subtext. Mm. I don't know if that's intended or not, but I kind of felt that in the, in the movie. Look, and the film and definitely- it kind of plays all that twee music throughout it too. Like kind of like, it's almost like a rib to Wes Anderson. Like I know they're friends. Yeah. No, well, it's, but, it's but almost it, like anti Wes yeah. Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Though. Like Wes Anderson will do it like these perfectly picturesque things, but Noah Bombach will do it. It's a guy walking across the street yeah. and they'll be well, like, the, think about that. Think about that. Noah Bombach's film is in no way arty. No, it is. It is a very straight just, retelling. Yeah. It's just a very straight telling yeah. of a comedy drama about people. Yes. Whereas Wes yeah. Anderson would have made it a piece of art. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah, and like in quotation marks. Yeah. Noah yeah. Baumbach is not interested in making it mm. as art. He's interested in telling a story. Yes, yeah. and that comes from his writer's background. Yeah, because uh, that's that's what cinema is in the end. It's it's a way absolutely. to tell a story. And this you know? film is not in any way. I was actually very concerned going into this film. I was mm. concerned it was going to be. Artie Wank for yeah. the sake of Artie And Wank. you worry about it for a couple of minutes. You don't do. You? And yeah. then suddenly you realize that this is just people. And it's yeah. just actually a very nice little comedy drama. Mm. It's mostly a drama with yep. humorous moments. Um, and as a drama, it, was, it is actually very effective. As I say, two days later, I'm still thinking about it. Mm. And, uh, you know, and the fact that all the way home on the drive after watching this film, I was just sitting there pondering. Mm. How old this film made me yeah. feel in many ways, <laughs> you know? And you sit there and you go, and it's not a bad thing. It's just mm. that you sit there going, it just really makes you yeah. think about this. It's it confronting you, in a weird way. In a weird way, yeah. it is. Um, I would highly recommend mm. this film. Yeah, I think like, if you, I, I, I like. It's funny that you you watched it and felt old. I watched it and felt like an outsider. 
A little bit, you know, yeah. like like I watched it like going like like because it's kind of weird because Adam Driver is like everybody I know. Like See, for me, it's I not an exaggeration. For it's me, like, like, and by by everybody I know, I don't mean yeah. my closest friends. I mean like my my yeah. film peers, I suppose, mm. for lack of a better phrase. I, yeah, they made me, one short film that aired on ABC, and they're all like, "I'm on the way to Hollywood." Yeah, I'm, I'm looking like, at it. From, I'm looking at yeah. it from the Ben Stiller point of view, going, "Yeah, I'm in my mid forties, and what have I really achieved?" Yeah, <laughs> professionally. I mean, really, yeah. what, what have I really achieved? Mm. I have all sorts of dreams and ideas, and 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 things mm. I want to do, but have I actually achieved any mm. of them? And it actually made me think, and this is just a really side note, I was thinking about this the other day, thinking about musicians, for instance. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a piece of music, I was thinking how effortless a musician can pick up his instrument and just play it. And you yeah. listen, especially the really, really good mm. musicians. And you sit there and go, there's no effort. They just, they just start plucking strings and music comes out. They can play different styles. They can play, you know, they, and, they, and you sit there and go... To be that good at something, I mean, it, it requires a lot of yeah. work and a lot of practice. And I was thinking about it and going, I don't know if I'm actually that good at any one thing. Yeah. And it starts, it starts to make you really ponder that. And you yeah. start going, boy, 47 years old, what am I actually really good yeah. at? <laughs> yeah, well, this is interesting because this, this ties into how I view, I view filmmaking. Because I'm not one of those people that believes in the auteur theory too much. No, I believe it's a, you know, it is a team effort. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like... Um, I believe like, in the auteur like, vision. I, if, even if you're really bad at making a movie, if you have good people with you. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing. It's same, same there's thing. Actually it's a like, line, there's actually a line in Peter uh, uh, William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist, mm-hmm. the book, not the movie, where... Um, no, actually, it's in the movie. It's in the movie. So okay. I, I would say it's in William Freak because I've read the book as well, but it's in William Freakin's film where... Um, they offer her to direct a film, the mother, to direct a film. And she goes, I don't know anything about directing. He goes, get yourself a good cinematographer and a good yeah. editor. And yeah, yeah, wrong. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, not, it's not magic. No. You know? it's, well, it's, it's magic when all the elements come together. But, but this is where the ego gets in and really wrecks a lot of good it's things. It's kind of magical know? when you have somebody like, say, Peter Hyams, who puts together 2010, mm. which we're not saying is a masterpiece of a film, but you look at that film yeah. and you go, he wrote it. He directed it. He was his own cinematographer yeah. in it, and he produced it. Each one of these jobs is a full time job, totally. and he did yeah. four of them. Yeah, you know, and you sit there and go, "That's kind of mm. magical." How the hell does he pull that yeah. off? You know what I mean? And when you look at the, that's when you do think about an auteur, and you go, "Yeah, yeah. you could almost yeah. say he's an auteur because he did all yeah. his own work." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like half believe in the auteur theory. I believe I in guess. the auteur's vision. It's, it's like I think, I think. I, I believe that it exists. Like it's de- obviously a theory, mm. and it's obviously something that can be prescribed to movies. Yeah. But whether or not I think it works every time is, is well, another, it never actually thing. works. And this yeah. is the thing: everybody, anybody who believes in the auteur theory, is thinking it, he is the author of the film. Mm. Think about it this way: the auteur's vision. I think anyone who's made a film wouldn't believe in no. it. Really, well, the, <laughs> you know? the auteur's yeah. vision. It's more a critic. The auteur's thing vision would say yeah. that the director has a clear vision of his film, mm. and he then employs people to bring that vision to life. Yeah. The actual auteur theory says that one person makes the film. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. One person can't make the film. Mm. You have to have editors and filmmakers and and cinematographers and gaffers and, and writers and writers <laughs> and and actors and I mean everybody yeah. has their job mm. and, and I that suppose job, theoretically you could do it all yourself really well you could I mean yeah. I mean in, in if you think about it Robert Rodriguez was the rebel without a crew when yeah. he actually made El Mariachi yeah. but you look at El Mariachi compared to Desperado and you go when he had a crew it was a much better film yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the point is that the, yes you need to have somebody with a clear vision but are they truly the author of mm. the film I don't think so it's not like a book yeah one person can write it 
but then you also have to have people to shoot it, edit it, cut it, yeah. act in it. I prefer the, the phrase um, director's medium. I like that a lot better. Mm. Yeah, even though I, I don't necessarily agree with that entirely either, I prefer it to. What about what about to what the producer of um, Cinema Paradiso once said at the? Well, he actually said at the Academy Awards ceremony when Cinema Paradiso mm. won. Best foreign language film. Uh, he actually said, "I want to thank this person, that person, and so forth." And at the end, he goes, "But I, most of all, I want to thank myself because without me, there'd be no movie." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, a good note to end I the thought, review. I yeah, think. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think a producer probably yeah. would say that himself. Uh, I would highly recommend this to people. So would I, highly, Look, very it's, highly. It's, it's got it's, us talking for the. It's last, one of my favorite movies of the year. It's so got far. us talking for the yeah. last forty minutes on this. Yeah. We were supposed to finish in an hour. It's two hours <laughs> into the show, so let's finish this off. Should we call Richard? I think Richard is Richard coming back Richard. into the room. No, Richard's not coming back in. He's actually eating dinner. So we'll finish this off by saying that we like to finish the show with a weird food section. And I want to apologize to the listeners because for the last four episodes, we have done nothing but gross people out. Mm. So this week I thought we would actually talk about (laughs) a life-size Benedict Cumberbatch made out of 500 bars of chocolate. <laughs> they actually made it as <laughs> they actually made it as part of a celebration for uh, BBC. That's amazing. And look at it. You just want to eat him, don't you? Ooh, phrasing. <laughs> uh, you can see these pictures on our show notes as always. It was made out of Belgium chocolate and it is really an amazing That's, likeness. It's extremely lifelike. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's, it's, made of, it's pretty, I don't know, I feel uncomfortable about the racist implications. Oh, come on, it's chocolate. Oh, Oh my God. Well, they want I to make couldn't him, resist. Make I, couldn't, out of white chocolate? I couldn't resist it, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, right. they should have done that. that they should, they been, should have made, that like, they should have made him like a top deck. Yeah. Different flavors of chocolate. <laughs> that would have been awesome. All right. And finally, just because we can, this was actually brought to us by Richard. Uh, our final story of the day. We like to, on the uh, old Geek Movie Club podcast, we talked about that that game show yeah, where so I remember this where the, you got to get the blown gay guy by would a gay get the guy blow, would yeah. blow the straight guy yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and so forth well in this show this particular <laughs> one I'm going to see if the video will play I don't know it's all in Japanese so we won't be able to understand it <laughs> but basically in this one the contestant sings karaoke while a hot girl gives him a hand job and if he can't get through the song before he comes he loses <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they get scored points uh, the longer they last. The guys do. Oh, the, the girls the, do. The guy no. does. Okay, yeah. He scores points for the longer he can last. <laughs> so you got to watch this video. It's quite amazing. And uh, so far... Does nobody, he get through the song? No, so far nobody has taken the prize. Yeah, okay. <laughs> His voice is starting to waver a little bit. <laughs> This is actually a whole episode. We're not going to play the whole episode. Oh, there goes goes the O-Face. There goes the O-Face. It says finish in English. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is on the ground. That's ridiculous. All right. Only the Japanese is all I'm going to say. From what I've actually understand, I was reading some of the comments and articles on this, and it's very interesting because they're basically saying that most of these Japanese game shows aren't actually real. Mm. They are um, because you notice that most of them are celebrity contestants or celebrities in Japan. Oh, okay. And the idea is that they are they are faked and they are... So that's faked, do you reckon? Well, they're saying that this is possibly one of those shows which is a faked show. It's for entertainment purposes sure. only. They don't really have... 
the game show culture that America has, where there are real people doing game shows. Um, there are one or two, but all these really high concept ones are mostly staged. Oh, right. Okay. So it's like a it's it's, it's like a, a, it's, it's entertainment. A, it's a genre. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. I yeah. always just thought they were just. Now crazy. this is what I've been told. I don't know if this is real. If anybody wants to clarify this mm. for us, um, but you know, all these wild and wacky game shows that people always talk about. Yeah, like Human Tetris and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and also most of these are part of this category, which is... Binocular soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know how they have shows like Wipeout as well, yeah, which yeah. is where we actually adapted that show. I think that's a real one. Like we play them real and they do... Yeah, well, no, I'm saying sense. that because they're actually adapted and they're real people yeah. who are competing. But the ones where they like get covered in tarantulas or you know drop you know 100-pound yeah. balls on them and stuff like that, those are the fake ones. Sure. You know what I mean? So I don't know. This is... Once again, I don't live in Japan. I don't understand the culture yeah. as much. If you do know more about these, I would please, love to hear if you do know yeah, more. Yeah, write really, to us yeah. at feedback at geekaxi.com. We are all ears. We want to know more about this because that's wild. If that's real, yeah. I want to go watch TV yeah. over there. <laughs> no kidding. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. It has been a long one, I'm sorry to say. If you agree or disagree with us on anything that we have talked about today or you have something to add to our stories or you didn't understand something or anything, feedback at geekaxi.com or you can drop us a voicemail on 02-801-14167. There is a, uh, a Skype ID for that as well, but it doesn't always record the voicemail, but it's geek actually mm. all one word if you want to try it out. If you love comic books, listen to our other show, Behind the Panels, at BehindThePanels.net, or search for it on iTunes. Mm. If you love podcasts, we also have a, a podcast show going out called Podcast Pillow Fort at podcastpillowfort.com. You can also search for that on iTunes. That's actually in a little bit of a break at the moment, but it will be back soon. Um, we do have our competition we mentioned before, which is uh, for the Klingon pop vinyl. If you want to be in the running for that, mm -hmm. feedback at geekactually.com. Your favorite line from season four. Yep. You have two weeks from the launch of this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, send those in and you could win this pop vinyl. We'll send it out to you. And remember, we have one each week now Yep. Um, for the next three weeks. Uh, okay, you can find all of this stuff. Find merchandise. We're actually going to refresh the entire line of merchandise in the next couple of weeks with the Yay. new logos for the new shows. Um, and uh, so you'll find that and our Facebook fan page. Follow us on Twitter. Everything at geekactually.com. You can find everything. You can find more of you, Mr. Yes. Dave, sir, at damngoodcup.com yes, or on can. Twitter at Dave Longo. There's fresh content on there. Richard, who is now currently eating dinner, you can <laughs> find more of him at behindthepanels.net or uh, therealbits.com or on Twitter at DVDBits. Mm -hmm. And you can find more of me at geekaxi.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. I've also started Instagramming lately. I don't oh, know, have you really? I don't know why. Yeah. I'm I've never this. had Instagram. Geek Actually yeah. Guy is my handle on yeah, Instagram right. if you want to follow me. Um, I I'm had there. it once for like a week and I never I've used I've posted it. like five photos. I don't get too excited because I'm not yeah, really right. posting all. But that's Baby Dave is there. If you don't know about Baby Dave, go listen to last <laughs> week's episode. It's a hashtag now. <laughs> it's a bit of a it hashtag. It really is. Twitter it. Yeah. <laughs> or tweet it. <laughs> tweet it. It's gone a little bit yeah. crazy. Um, Dave, that's a show. Have you got anything more to add? Star Wars! <laughs> Geek on, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>